This is episode 11. We have very special guest in the house tonight. We have Dave Thomas. He is in the studio. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> and we're live before audio two. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. How are you doing? Good. Good. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure having you here. So like I've scrolled through your inter Instagram feed and I was like, oh, you've been around. What's well, good? I'm glad somebody has been. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> also, for anybody who doesn't know right now, um, we had a sudden side guest appearance as well in at the Michael Lady Show here. Damian, how are you doing? I'm well, thanks. How are you? Good. So this is uh, a first. We have two people and myself here. I thought it'd be nice if my driver was able to make an appearance on here. Yeah. We we always put the drivers on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. So Dave, I I reached out to you for another show a little while ago, and you were on a trip. Mm. Is that something you do a lot? Yeah. Well, especially this time of year, fishing. So that particular time, that was kind of a forced trip because of you know um, the virus, COVID nineteen, mm. and the lack of work. So. Uh, we decided to take a trip all of July and um, kind of like a, a trip I was thinking about for a long time, just going to different lakes and fishing and camping and um, doing whatever we want with no real agenda. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's because of the lack of work. We had we were at a fully booked summer. Like we we had very little time off and then we went to a ton of time off. Yeah, so, because um, for you with salt and pepper, mm -hmm. you you do catering, right? Yep. And then all those functions were canceled. That's what Everything. happened. Yeah. yeah, every single one. Well, actually, one stuck in there, um, so they just have a reduced number of guests. But yeah, yeah, every single one is is, uh, is gone. Because for you, for your business, this would be like a takeout, which people then can utilize however they want to, right? You would think there would be a little bit more of a flexibility there. Yeah, well, the, the, the functions we talk about are, are weddings. Mm. So when we cater weddings and whatnot, um, the takeout that we do, we actually don't do it in the summer because of the weddings. Okay. So it's all on-site catered events. Mm. And that's kind of like the biggest time of the year is, is catering those ones. And then, you know, once it gets colder again, when we do pasta takeout, there's more of a, a market for it. Yeah. With the hot weather, there's there's not too much of it. So um that's why we didn't continue with it this summer mm -hmm. even though there was nothing else to do um and um yeah so it was kind of too bad it was it was too bad but it, on the same hand like it was an awesome summer <laughs> yeah one of a kind yeah yeah oh, taking all of july off why yeah not? except for the bugs that was pretty killer so i've seen some nice footage there yeah your backup camera yeah <laughs> <laughs> is it personal you and bugs um you know i think if you It, they were after anything that moved out there. It was just insane. Yeah. It was crazy. Like, And they were huge, too. And any kind of bug you can imagine, they were just on you. Mm. Morning, afternoon, night, whenever. Yes. Even in July still, right? Because they pop up. Yeah, July is, July is pretty rough. Okay. So you mix that with the, the heat that we had, and it was pretty crazy. Mm. So the only kind of real, you know, savior was being out on the lake. Yes. You know, so you kind of get up, fight the bugs, make breakfast, get ready and get out there. Mm. And um, you take everything with you. Take lunch and dinner and cook out there and yep. do everything out there. The fire helps though, right? Um, we couldn't even have a fire because the bugs were too bad. 
Wow. Yeah. Cause it's, so what did you eat then? Cold beans? Um, just use a Coleman stove and, okay. and heat up whatever you're going to do. Okay. And um, yeah, we, we tried to have a fire one night, but no matter what you do with bug spray and all that, and even with the fire, it's... They still get to you. Yeah, it's, yeah. You can't enjoy it. So. It's like clouds. Yep. Yeah. It's this famous Robert Munch book. I don't know if you read bedtime stories for your kids, but I do all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and there's this um, story of about two gazillion black flies. And it's true. Mm. That's what's out there. It's like the story of Geraldton, Ontario. Yeah. <laughs> true story. <laughs> <laughs> but what's amazing though is we were the only like literally the only ones out there because no one's crazy enough to go out there that that time of year like it's just like no one in that area is going out camping mm. you know they'll do a day trip to a lake or something but no one was staying out there uh for a long time and then there's no one coming across the border so there's no americans out there mm. and yeah, because it's closed literally the place to yourself every single lake mm. unbelievable did you know all those lakes beforehand or you know like I've been to one of them before, two of them beforehand, O'Sullivan Lake and Lucy Lake, okay. because we do an annual trip there with a guy's trip. And um, from there, just went on to a bunch of other different ones. And that was the goal. Just look at a map and mm. find if there's a river that sort of, you know, leads up to a lake and there might be a road and you can camp there. Yeah. So you have to check it out a lot and see if it's suitable for you. Yeah. I seen that you had one of those rail transferring devices mm. where from one lake to another yeah is that common out there uh, that's the first time i've ever been on one so that was um, how does it work that was on a, the, the next trip so that was uh, going into pipestone lake which is um near emo ontario which mm. is just outside of fort francis but anyways um yeah you just roll up and they they send the they send it down and it goes underneath your boat it's like a cart yeah, yeah on, okay. on rails and then you know you give them the wave and they up thing picks you up and drives you over the uh, over the is it electric yeah okay yeah and there's a guy in there doing it and you wave and he dumps you in the other lake and you have to pay for that yeah it's 20 bucks 20 and bucks you pay on the way back okay oh okay yeah. yeah so it's pretty cool so you don't have to pay if you don't go back I yeah you get to stand there you're good <laughs> <laughs> so that was another experience and that was just a complete fluke too because um you know we wanted to go musky fishing and um uh susie had um, her cousin was a guide out there, but he wasn't working and blah, blah. So we ended up with this other place and, um, complete fluke that we, you know, stumbled across that. So it was, mm. it was a cool lake and we're going back in the fall too. Okay. Yeah. Damien's actually coming on that one. Yeah. Damien is a fisherman now. Well, he doesn't fish. He just, he sits there, you know, and he just kind of <laughs> looks around. <laughs> Takes pictures. Yeah. I've been uh, known to be net boy. Yeah. Oh, okay. What, yeah. what does that include? Uh, well, when, when they're reeling in the fish, I'm the, the one, you know, with the net, and uh, I bring it in to make it a little easier for them. Yeah, I can I can imagine. He's also photo boy and cooler boy. Mm. Yeah. That's very important jobs. Yeah. yeah. So we'll keep him busy. And sometimes he DJs as well, so mm. lots of... How does that work? Well, uh, Dave has a, a very large iPad or iPod, and it's full of thousands of songs mm -hmm. like from ranging from every genre so basically okay. whatever you want to play you just mix it. it uh no i just kind of select the song and just hit play we got yeah we, sometimes we have to coach him because it just depends what mood he's in right i mean so we don't want we want to be in a, you know an upbeat mood in there yeah do you have to always play metal then when you do that damien <laughs> uh there's a lot of metal yeah not always though we we're all over the place you mm -hmm. know we have our moments, some Elton John, some John Lennon, I like some that. Neil Young, yeah. um, you know, top 40 stuff, whatever. Yeah. 
How come you, when you take pictures of those bands that you meet, that you say me and the band? <laughs> <laughs> um, because uh, Damien corrects me every time and I don't want to switch. Okay. Or is it because you hunt them down, like you have a list somewhere and you knock them off and this is like... They're basically bands that uh, offer meet and greet packages okay. at concerts. That's how it works, right? Yeah. Otherwise... You would never get all the band members together mm. in a smiley photo with you, yeah, well, you know, in unless, a hotel lobby. Yeah, okay. Unless so, you have like very special connections. I yeah. guess. It's, <laughs> on the pictures, it seems like you're the best buddies. Yeah, it looks like that, but um, you know, um, just just kind of how it looks. So I'll, yeah, I always put me and whoever, and Damien likes to put it's supposed to be you know I and whoever. Mm. But I, I won't switch now. I just can't. If it irritates them, we're going to keep doing it. No, it's good to be, to be proud of that. Yeah. It's good. So, um, yeah, the whole meet and greet thing, that kind of came about when, you know, the music industry kind of crashed and they look for other ways to make money. Mm. So when was that with the iPod? Yeah. You know, they just don't make money with album sales anymore. Mm. Uh, so I'm told I'm not a musician, but um, supposedly you get paid per play now on Spotify. Yeah. I don't think it's really much, though, but mm. I, I don't know. I, I'm no I expert. guess they take a cut from it. Same with Apple and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So they offer that, and um, yeah, I've kind of got around to, to all of them that, that I wanted to meet. Mm. You uh, know, Rammstein. No, uh, that was in the fall, and they all, it all got canceled. Uh, okay. There was no meet and greets, though. Yeah, they don't want to meet you. No, nah, sometimes, like honestly, the the ones that are really really big, they don't mm. they don't need to do meet and greets. But Metallica did. They did. It's like, been, and, you know, but that, that that was the best one I've been to. One of the best ones, and they they're really special that way because they do. They only have 12 people. They cap it at 12. Good. The other ones, they'll have, you know, as many as they can sell. At the same time? Yeah. And you guys go all in? Yeah. Wow. So, but when Metallica does it, it's, you know, it's a different story. So each guy, member of the band, takes five minutes with you and they walk around and talk to everybody in the room. That's beautiful. And, you know, they sign your stuff, take pictures and a good picture too. Yes. Not just a, the, another lousy one. Um, all the people that work for them are cool. It's not just a, a cattle call of, you know, yelling at people who come this way, stand here, wait three mm. hours. And, um, yes. oh, it's, it's, yeah, a lot, a lot of times it's a bit of a buzzkill because it takes so long. Mm. Is it after the concert? Uh, it can be before or after. Okay. And what either which like way, it's, it's never a good time. It's never a good time? No. Because oh. before the concert, you want to be having fun. And after the concert, you want to be having fun. You don't want to stand in line. Mm. But it's the way it is. That's for you, but not for the band. Right? No, so I think the band would prefer afterwards. It depends. The drinks out. Well, yeah. the drinks out before too. <laughs> yeah, they are. <laughs> <laughs> but it's been good fun and uh, Metallica. You know, you get good seats, and then they actually had a uh, a buffet too. So you go Ooh. you go for dinner afterwards. What did Metallica serve? It was you know to be honest, I can't remember because the meet and greet was so good, mm. and I was just buzzing afterwards. I was so happy, and I just grabbed some food and. And uh, Lars, the drummer, added me on Instagram. Wow. And that came across while I was sitting there. Nice. So that took all my attention. Yeah. And um, you screenshot it? Oh, yeah. yeah. I, and I took a picture and it's in my basement now. And yeah. th to be honest, and this is, a, this is a bit embarrassing, like I, I forgot that I had a special seat. Like all the meet and greet people get a, like their own spot mm. in the arena. And I went to go and meet the guys I was with out on the floor afterwards. Mm. And I forgot that I had a seat there. And uh, I, kind of when Lars, in the middle of the show, he pointed to every single person that was at the meet and greet and he said their name. 
at the concert. Wow. And like he remembered them. That's amazing. Yeah. That he, means they really care. There, there was an empty seat though for me. <laughs> but he still remembered you. <laughs> so yeah, it was kind of funny. But, Maybe he um, thought you had to leave and then he said, okay, I'm going to add him on Instagram. <laughs> well, remember when he, uh, he remembered Thunder Bay up from, uh, oh yeah. The guy from, what's it called? Oh yeah. He said, where are you from? And I said, um, he said, Thunder Bay. I said, Thunder Bay. And he said, um, I know someone from Thunder Bay. And he said, he asked me to guess. And I said, man, I, I don't know. And I, I guess Paul Schaefer. And he said, no, I didn't. And then I kind of, he didn't know that. So he learned something. But um, it was a fellow from Live Nation. What's his name? Um, anyways, mm. the guy that started Live Nation, he's from Thunder Bay. And that's a good friend of Lars's. But he remembered where that guy is from. Okay. You know, it's kind of amazing. Yeah. Maybe he's a people's person. Yeah. Well, he, he likes it the most. Mm. He loves it. Going out and meeting the fans and stuff. So he's not going to let anybody else see anybody else and that just him. Pretty much just like, don't see the other guys. <laughs> <laughs> just me. It's a good time and I would totally do it again. So yeah. I also saw you went to the, was it the original opening S&M when they did the recording in San Francisco? You went there? Yeah, both shows. Wow. Yeah. How did that go? You, did they announce it? They sold some tickets? Yeah. They, when, that was like way back. It was back in October. Damien went, and uh, our friend Kevin Sergio went. Mm. Um, I didn't know Damien. You went there too? Yeah. Okay. He actually fell asleep at show number two mm. during Enter Sandman. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and he wasn't even drinking. Mm. <laughs> It's classical music, right? Yeah. Rock. Um, <laughs> well, anyways, it was Kevin that, that had the interest in it, and I said, man, yeah, let's do it. So mm. we bought tickets, and we had tickets for both nights, and then... The second night, we decided to see what was out there on StubHub, and we splurged and bought front row tickets. Okay. So we were all sitting down front. Wow. You know, it was pretty cool. Yeah. Did you like that kind of combination of music? Yeah. When I was younger, I used to dismiss it, like back when they did it in the 90s, and I was like, oh, no, I want Metallica just to be their mm -hmm. heavy metal band. But I kind of changed from that kind of perspective. Now I, I like it like that. How come, do you think? It's just, it's just different, you know? Mm-hmm. Because there's only so many t times you want to see them and do the same set and, and everything. And when you see them do something different, especially on that scale, mm -hmm. it was amazing. It's almost like every song is rewritten. Yeah, you know, and it's with an orchestra, like one of the best in the world. Mm -hmm. You know, and that stage is going around and all the special effects they do with it is just, it's a special night. And they just, they're, they're putting the box set out now. And I don't even usually go for that kind of stuff, but I'm definitely doing that one. Because just to have that, you know playing on your tv you know like when people are over and stuff and mm. you're kind of watching but you're not just having that going is is like a spectacle yeah it was really cool did you record anything you just take your little videos here and there that you know you end up never watching again but you just post on facebook i think it's like one of the best albums they did personally because i really like the connection of the music it just flows so good together And then they did the opening song, which is like from the Wild Western movie mm -hmm. with Clint. Yeah. So good. Yeah. <laughs> And it just gets you, gets you going. It's, it's an awesome show. Mm -hmm. So, um, but how much time was there before you decided to go down there? Uh, for that one? Did you just, because I don't know, I was, I think I was still in high school. Quite a bit of time. Um... The show was in October. Yeah, it must have been like four months or something like that. Mm. So we had a bit of planning. Okay. You know, I could find that 
Airbnb that I wanted, which I never did find. (laughs) How do you like San Francisco? It's awesome. That was my second time there. I think Damien's third time and Kevin's first time. Okay. But it was the first time I went to, um, uh, what's the person? Um, Alcatraz. Alcatraz. So that was super cool. You guys went there too? Yeah. Yeah. Anybody got locked up? No, no. We went to the Golden Gate Bridge, but Damien was scared to go on it, so we just st- st- stood off to the side. Why? Why did Winston <laughs> not go? I don't like bridges. No, I know you don't like bridges, but why did Vince not go? Like Vince? Vince? Oh, Vince. Vince? Yeah. Um, <laughs> He's not really a metal guy. No, no. He's more into like Bocelli. Okay. Yeah. If Bocelli was playing, mm. maybe with Metallica, he might have went. Okay. But. Uh, no, he he skipped out on that one. Okay, I thought you might might bring him along too. Yeah, I think he's more of an LA guy. You know what I mean? Mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> What's the difference between San Francisco and LA? I don't know. I'm just I'm just trying to think of something. You know, like okay. maybe he's more Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, I would say more New Jersey. New Jersey. New Jersey. Yeah, yeah that's true New too. Jersey. That sounds good. <laughs> yeah. Well, he likes big uh, wine bottles. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I have one that needs to be uh, to drank needs to be drank. Is it the prosecco or the red wine? Uh, I still have both of them actually. Ooh. Yeah, the, the the red wine is equivalent to five bottles. Mm. That's not too bad. Yeah. Uh, so we're planning on uh, Damien's girlfriend Chloe and uh, friend Clark, and the three of us are going to tackle that one night. Yeah. And then the prosecco, I don't know. We keep saying we're going to drink it, but mm. it'll it'll eventually go. You saw the prosecco in the fridge. Uh, it's on the counter, so that's probably a bit of a problem too. It needs to be, mm. you know, on standby a little bit better. Yeah. And how do you lay a five liter wine bottle? Is there a cork in there, or is it just? There is a cork. Yeah. yeah. I'm looking forward to opening that. Yeah. But I have this sort of big bottle collection, and, and it looks nice in there, so I, I don't really want to disrupt it. But on the same hand, it's wine. Mm. You know. I hear you. It's hard to when you buy wine and it's a nice one, and you just like it's a limited run and mm-hmm. you have it on your shelf, but you want to also drink it because it's really good. Yeah. So um, we'll drink it, you know. Mm. We won't hold on to it like it's whiskey or something because you know it won't go bad, but we'll we'll get to it. Yeah. Oh, whiskey goes bad too. Does it? Yeah. Yeah. They found this old bottle from 1941 <laughs> and, uh, on the sea coast somewhere in Britain and uh, it was gone. But they he's selling it now mm. for $20,000. Wow. Probably got too much sun. Okay. Also did something to the chemistry within it. Once he pulled it out afterwards? Yeah, like, you know, being in, out in sea however mm-hmm. long, right? And it's exposed to all the different elements. Exposed to the sun when it's uh, at the bottom of the sea? Well, no, like, at times, you know. <laughs> Damien really knows his stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell. It's good, though. You know all about cheese, right? I know a fair bit. Yeah. Oh, geez, yeah. Were you a bit jealous when you saw that picture from uh, Dave when he was at that cheese bar in Ireland? Yeah, I uh, I followed that trip very closely, and I uh, I never really had a desire to go to I- Ireland up until that point. So mm. you mm. been there though, right? No, no, no. Oh, no. I thought you were. No. Okay. I don't think he gets along with the Irish well. No. I don't know why. I don't. I don't know. He's he doesn't seem to have much of a fascination with that country. I do like their whiskey, though. Mm. They have a good whiskey. There's lots of waterfalls, too. Yeah. And cheese, and I don't know. That's not bad. And you, when you, there was a time where you could buy, I think it was the, um, it wasn't the Lagavulin, it was the, it was a 12-year-old. Uh, Jameson? 
No, it was a white label, Lafroig. I think it was Lafroig. And when you bought the bottle here at the LCBO, there was an envelope in it, and it said, "Oh, you, you if you redeem this, you own one square meter of island." Or something. Really? Yeah. Wow. It was a limited run. I didn't redeem it. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be cool. It's a kind of nice idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but Ireland was awesome. That the uh, food, the people, the people especially, it's mm. amazing there. How come? I don't know. They're just super nice. Okay. You know, like even when you just randomly stop to talk to somebody, what you know, if you need directions or help for something, they're just right there. Okay. Overly nice, you know. Is that your your heritage then? Irish English. Irish English. Yeah. So we were we were doing um, uh, genealogy there too. Ah. So my dad has us trace back, you know, a couple centuries, and so we were going to the old cemeteries there and researching. Oh wow! So we met some people that know a lot about the area, and uh, this guy Patrick helped us out with um, finding the tombstones and everything. That's crazy. He wrote a whole book on, he literally wrote a book on every tombstone in the, all these different counties. Mm. And he, 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 you know, rubbed them all too, because a lot of them are worn away. Mm. So you have to rub it in order to be able to read it, you know? Yeah. Um, cause they're just not taken care of. Yeah. The cemeteries are so old. No, you can, I think the maximum lease you can buy is like a hundred years. In oh Par- yeah. In Paris. Like, mm. So they end up after 100 years, if nobody pays for your grave, they just going to move it. They make it disappear. Really? Yeah. Wow. Mm. So what's, and the maximum was 100. So that's it. So you got to pay for 100 years. Yeah. You can pay for 100 years and then hopefully your family pays for the rest. <laughs> Money talks, eh? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's only so much space. Yeah. Well, 100 years is a good run. That's not you so know. bad. What are you going to do? Yeah. Island. So you you follow some soccer then? No, no, I, I, I don't. But um, I like soccer, mm. but I don't follow it. And it would have been cool to go to a game. Yeah, you know, with those crowds over there, especially but. the singing. Yeah, the singing they do over there. Yeah, they, especially in that country mm-hmm. of England too. So. We went to a game in uh, Germany once on a trip, mm-hmm. and that was uh, amazing. I can't remember the team name, but yeah, I just wanted to go to a game. You know, like sixty thousand people there. I, I can show you the picture. Hang on, they were red. Yeah, they were. <laughs> yeah, just pull this up one second. Well, you bring this up, so I might as well bring this up too. So we have um, the beautiful shot of here with you, your friend, right there. Yeah, that's it there. Yeah, that's uh, Bayern Munich. Ah, uh, yeah. It was in Munich at the Olympia Stadium. Yes. Yeah. And then you, um, you wanted me to ask you about this picture here. How, how, how you, how is this? Did you have a good time? <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> of course. Yeah. This is a picture of you with Mike and Neitz and... Um, Krista Silva and Blair Murphy. Uh, I don't know who the woman is, but uh, she seems to be right in there. But Yeah, she's with you guys. Yeah, totally. but... <laughs> yeah, that, those there's lots of good pictures from that trip, that's for sure. Mm. Did you like the Oktoberfest? Oh, yeah. It was more than I more than I thought. Like, I knew it was beer halls, but, like, there's just so much more there. Mm. You know, it was pretty cool. Uh, all the stuff going on, you know, like just the the rides and the food and everything. I just, I kind of just thought it was just the beer halls. Yeah, the tents. Yeah, and you go in the tent. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, you know, I went once. Absolutely, huh. I had a really good time. I had the best chicken I ever had. Yeah, we didn't do the food thing. Got sausages on the outside. That's good. I was supposed to be going uh, this uh, this year, but obviously got canceled. It got canceled. Yeah, yeah, they canceled pretty early. Yeah, they did. Mm. But um, I guess it's a good thing. I think so. Everything is canceled. Everything. Yeah. 
you but you guys are back now right salt and pepper yeah back slowly we're got a couple events on the go and gonna start doing our takeout again mm. but um yeah there's just not once the summer ends you start getting more with businesses and their lunches and, and meetings and, and whatnot so august still a little bit slow but september mm. begins to pick up and everything were you thinking um, at saying like bites for example they did like you can get groceries or product from something like that were you thinking about that when everything happened um yeah you look at all the different avenues ideas and everything and some of the producers approach you with those ideas too to buy from them to create the store and everything mm. but no i didn't want to do it mm. i um you know i basically just we did our we continued doing our takeout did some variations on the food for that and You know, it continued on until the summer, till when we normally stop doing it. And um, it went well. Yeah. And w what was really cool is we started doing online ordering. So we were kind of pushed into it. Yeah. And like um, Joe Q at Sensia, he built the um, online ordering for it. Mm -hmm. And man, that works so good. Like, I can't see us not doing it now. Yeah. Yeah. I checked out your homepage and then I scrolled all the way down and I said, Sensia. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Joe Q will be next year. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's a very busy man too. Yeah, he is. In the summertime, he's he's non-existent. You know, he's he's hard to get. Yeah, between uh, work, family, and uh, his fishing lodge. Yeah, I reached out to him to um, through us by the giant. Yeah, and I respect that he's busy, so it's all good. He's all he's busy, but I I like what he's doing. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, no, he would he would love it. He's a he's a great guy, and um, yeah, so that that whole thing worked out well. And um, I'm happy we did that. We did the the skip the dishes, Uber Eats things for a while. Mm. That was super busy, like crazy busy. But in the end, we did a, a trial run, the two versus each other, you know, the, the apps versus salt and peppers online. And um, we went with, with ours. Nice. I like that. Why not? Yeah. Right? To keep it independent. Yeah. And that's what it is. Like, the, you know, the, the full thing is it's just us. Yeah. Whereas, you know... Uber Eats or um, Skip the Dishes is Canadian, if I'm not wrong, right? It's Canadian, but I mean, it's not it's not Thunder Bay. Mm. So, plus you give some, you have to give a cut, right? You give a cut, and if you if you're already doing delivery, it's another kind of like a an extension of it. I, I can see the value there, but mm. we weren't doing delivery for our takeout, so you know. Mm. Um, but you do it now, right? We we don't do delivery. People just pick it up from us. Okay. And then we know the exact time when they're coming. And okay. it actually works out better because our, our old takeout, you would get, you know, 300 people show up at once. Oof. So you're always kind of on guard wondering what's going to happen. Mm. And then if you get some bad weather thrown in, you know, you you have a sales, you, they go down, but then you have all this food left over. So there's always issues. How do you do that? If 300 people show up at the same time, you have a huge door. Just move a whole lot quicker, you know, and you got to have everything ready on hand. Is it on in the hot boxes? No, no. We're like, we do it. There's people in all different positions. So they're all doing everything as last minute as we can. Mm. Because with pasta, I don't want anything done ahead of time. Yes. So like it's, you know, it might be cooked pasta is dropped into hot water. So, um, And then it's brought to the front, and we don't sauce it till you order it, basically. Mm. So you don't want anything done ahead of time. Okay. How many How many people work there? Well, when we're doing that format, it's uh, it's around 10 people okay. doing that. And it goes for three hours. Mm. And it, we, it's it's pretty consistent. So we know how many people we're going to come in, you know. Um, but we never want to run out of stuff, so we always have lots of stuff on hand, which we only do it once a month. You have quite a bit left over. But when we do the order online version 
we literally can go right down to the meatball because we know what's happening. Yeah. So it's kind of nice that way too. So you kind of adva- advanced. Yeah, there's less waste, which yeah. is money. That's awesome. Yeah. Very nice. So and people enjoyed it too. You know, they could roll up and they didn't even have to get out of their car because we're, if you, if you see salt and pepper, you'll understand that like we're right there at the door mm. and we just basically hand them the bag. Because when they're coming, we can kind of time it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's also small orders, right? Yep. Yeah. That's perfect. Mm-hmm. So if you guys just want a dinner, you can go over there and you get those nice meatballs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with meatballs, right, Damien? Damien loves them. He loves risotto balls. Yeah, Dave makes the best risotto balls in town, bar mm. none. Not as good as the Cheesecake Factory, but he likes our risotto balls. Yeah. Well, they're actually not risotto balls at the Cheesecake Factory. Risotto balls are hard. Because, you know, risotto is hard, too. You have to get it perfectly. Yeah, yeah, it's trial and error. and It's, uh, it's an art. Well, you have to get it the way we like doing it, to get it to that perfect consistency so it's not too sticky or not too dry for yeah. when you roll it mm. and roll That's it into a ball hard. and then deep fry it. Yeah. You know? Oh, you deep fry it then? Yeah. Mm. But it's the sharp cheddar that they use. Oh, oh yeah, I'm, I'm mistaken. Yeah, it's not risotto balls at Cheesecake Factory. It's, it's mac and cheese balls. Yeah. That's what he likes. Okay. Still a mini ball. Yeah. So anything that's in a, a ball shape and tastes <laughs> like cheese, pretty good. It's yeah, it's pretty good. You must like those um those baby wheels, then, eh? The ones that are in the wax seal, red baby bell, oh, baby bell. Baby bell. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, those are great. Those are good. Breakfast. Uh in a, in a former time of my life, yes, mm-hmm. I would consume. Yeah, probably the whole net of them. I've done this before. Yeah, yeah. My mom used to buy those when I. Actually, what's really good with those is if you're making uh, homemade burgers and you put them in the middle, mm. so then when you barbecue in them, it's nice gooey center. Yeah, it's a cheese in a cheese in the nest. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Oh. you should you should go and um, apply for Top Chef, eh? Yeah, get in there. Yeah, uh, I got some crafty recipes I could whip up. You rattle off six hundred of those, and you'll be good. Yeah. Well, you're sitting here with the defendant. <laughs> he's been there both times you were there both times right yeah. absolutely in yeah. the corner about three times i've been there and you were there all three mm. first year we didn't win remember that we did a risotto ball yeah, oh i ate a lot of risotto balls that day yeah mm. we did a risotto ball okay. we did a risotto ball because so many people said you can go to top chef just you could do a risotto ball and win so i said and finally i said okay i'm gonna do that mm. and then uh i did it and i finished in second that's 2017. <laughs> with a risotto ball. Only second with the risotto ball. <laughs> with 18 votes out of first. Wow. So uh, it was a close one. How many votes total though? Like just to put this in perspective. I don't know. It's like, like 600, 500, I 400? I think it was 500, 500, 550 people, something like that. Yeah. So yeah, it was close. That's really close. Yeah. Barbecue made a really good Brussels, deep fried Brussels sprout salad that year. Mm. It's hard to come up something with... Especially for Top Chef, right? Because you get judged on one little thing and you have to... I think it's very hard. You have to... It's not like a normal competition because you you basically have a table <laughs> and you got to do something good for 600 people mm. over and over. So you got to have to... You have to figure it out that way. You cook right there? I... I the Last year I brought a trailer, um, but I didn't even use it that much just to reheat the ribeye that I was using. Mm-hmm. But everything else was is made at salt and pepper, like kind of timed, and then we bring it there mm. and then just go for it. Okay. Because there's just no cooking on site. Yeah. 
I mean, you can you can try, but then you also have to keep up. Yeah, because you you also are being put on the spot, right? You know, the audience wants you to talk to you. You introduce what you're doing. Yeah, there's not much time to do anything. Yeah, I was actually it was amazing this year. Like I, um, I did some garnishing, but really the whole team looked after the whole thing all the way along. Mm -hmm. So I was able to stand on the other side of the table and talk to you know so many people the whole time. That's amazing. Yeah, so it was really cool. Was it the same team as the year prior? Yeah, prior? I think it was. I think everyone there was there the year before. Okay. Um, I think there was any differences. It might have been uh, Dave's first year. He wasn't there the year before. One of our cooks is named Dave. Mm. Um, but anyways, yeah, same crew. That's nice. But um, there might have been one less step or whatever. But um, no, it was really good. And we were right beside the kind of judges table at the front. So there's lots of action there. And how many judges? There's uh, six, mm. six or seven. Okay. And um, yeah, we won judges' choice too. So it was like shocking. So um. Yeah. Good. But let's go a little bit back though, right? Let's go back to 2017, first time you're there, everything is new. Yeah. You decide to bring that result to ball in. Yeah. And let's say long story short you get second place. Yeah. Okay? So you like on that night you say I'm back next year or what is your reaction? I yeah, I <laughs> it was I I I wanted to win so I literally went to bed every single night for a year straight and thought about it. I swear I, I just I would think yeah. about what I want to do and just think about the whole thing and I just mm. I that's why I don't do those things because I get obsessed by it are you very competitive yeah and I, it's, it just consumes me and I just can't stop mm -hmm. and I, I just keep thinking about it and thinking about it and every night that's all I think about so I couldn't wait to get it get on with it and then we won and I was happy with that and then It's almost sad in a way because then I, I stop thinking about it and I, then I kind of feel like, oh, I, I kind of want that fire again. Yeah. So then I kind of push myself again for the next one, like start thinking about it. But I didn't have the same as much as that first year that we won. You didn't? No, not as much because I, from, from the day after we lost, I was obsessed by it. Mm. But the day after you win, I wasn't obsessed by it. But I, it became afterwards. Once I started trying out new things, because um, I went through like 40 different ideas and what we were going to do um you know you kind of get going again mm. like let's do this let's do that how are we going to do this for 600 how is it still going to be good you know what what kind of meat how's it going to be done how's it going to be marinated it's very complex yeah it, pretty much everything we started with you didn't even use one thing just leads to another the uh, that's like exactly what i wanted to know so you you use the first night after second place you You have your, do you write things down or do you just have everything in your head? How does it work? For, for the, um, for the actual recipe? Yeah, no, for your ideas. Like when it comes together and you, you write it all down. You write it all down? Yeah. And then when you're going through the testing, um, when I make a batch of whatever sauce and I write down the quantities that I'm using mm. and then you have to make a, the large batch and you have to, you know, It's, you're, yeah. you're making it bigger and bigger. So you have to, once uh, it, Yeah, so you you need this big batch recipe essentially. Yes. So you have a testing recipe. Yeah, like I go through a whole like a, you know whole testing thing mm -hmm. as well. Like there's so much time I spent on it from myself uh, at work. Like Susie would carry so much of the workload because I'm doing that a lot. Yes. You know, it's a passion. Yeah, like the the whole risotto ball thing. No, I don't need it. I didn't need you know recipes for that. But when I got into the other stuff, when we started making 
sauces and you want to make them just as good for 600 then yeah it's all about the sauces mm -hmm. how close how long did it take you to come up with the winner number one uh the first one braised yeah. beef so that was be 2018 yeah that was um i forget what exactly how what i called it but chinese braised beef with a hot and sour salad and um um i think i knew what i was gonna do i wanted to do that it was just how i was gonna execute it so there was no first thought i'm gonna do some fish no like no something else it was like right away this yeah is my well, the reason i go with braised beef is because it's braised and it's gonna sit well in a, in a chafing dish mm. it's gonna get better mm. with fish it's you know it's kind of like you want to cook it at the last minute yes and i you can't do that there most people don't like fish yeah then you have that issue it, it, it's funny i was just talking about this other night the first one that we did Like that that year that we won with braised beef, I'd use cilantro in the dish. And that's so many people don't like that. Yeah. So I was actually losing sleep that I was actually going to do this. Ooh. And um a couple people at the show asked if they could get it without cilantro and you know, um, but I put it in there because mm. I like it Good. and it, it went. So but you, I was nervous about that. I can understand. Yeah. You did you know, this sounds like you the second time you just did what you wanted to do. And the first time you did more like People said, hey, do this, and you put that on. Yeah, um, it's true, yeah. And then, although the the third time I was up there, that we did a lot of, you know, switching things around and what we want to do, but I guess you could say, like, I, I wanted to, you know, I was happy I won the year before, so we were kind of just having more fun on the third one. Okay. So, and we were, they're supposed to be doing it again this year, but of course it's canceled. Yeah, yeah. You know? I'm not done talking about it yet <laughs> <laughs> because I like, I like the story because it shows a lot about you. When you, you second one goes out, right? You serve those 500 meals, however you do it. And do you feel that there's a reception in the room? Do you know when your meal is good before you serve it? Yeah, I know. I know that it's good. And then, I, I don't have any time to, to look at what everyone else is doing. Do you? Would you look for it if you had the time? Um, no, I don't say, think I don't want to. Okay. I, I remember I would tell Susie like, don't even, don't walk around, don't go look at anybody, and don't don't even talk to anybody. Yeah, because I just just stay focused on what we're doing. I like that. And then we're gonna do what we do. So if you if you walk around and you know you might see something and you think, well, that's really good, and you feel some sort of intimidation, like I just want to stay focused on what we're doing. Yeah. And it's kind of like what I do with everything. Like I don't really look at anything that's going on with other in other places that are kind of like what we do. Because mm -hmm. I don't want to be, I, I just want to do what I do. Yeah. So I don't want to be thinking about what other people are doing. A little bit sidetracking here. Was it always something like that? Were you always, the personality was always like your way, something I like to do? Or was it something you developed? Yeah, I'd say so. That's, you know, I mean, choosing this career, it's kind of like you, you have to like it because mm. you don't do it to to get rich or anything. Okay. And you don't do it for the time off. Yeah, <laughs> so true. so if you like doing it, yeah, like, you know, I, I chose it and then I wanted um, ultimate freedom in starting your own business. Mm. And you could, you know, make it and do it however you want. Yeah. And you don't have the the time off freedom especially in the beginning but you can get it over time mm -hmm. and you can do things the way you want yeah because uh you know it's it was good all the places i worked at but you know i i wanted i wanted my own own thing to do my own hours my own mm -hmm. way you know 
And now I can put an X on the calendar if I want. Yeah. Always? Or just that's something that developed yourself? What's that? The, the I, I want to do something for myself. Um, I, that started from my dad because he would tell me that if he was younger, he would do something himself. So when you hear someone say that, then you start thinking about it and like, why? You know, and then you go start working and you're like, yeah, okay, well, I get it. And I don't know, you start, it's just, it's just like the top chef thing. You become obsessed by it and yeah. it's going to happen. You're going to do something. Yes. If you Whatever it is, you're going to do it. Yeah. Whether you're going to start a restaurant or you're going to start a catering business, you're going to, you're going to start something or making sandwiches in your basement. Whatever it was, I was going to do something on my own. What did your dad do? Uh, he was a <clears throat> logist, distribution manager, logistics uh, manager for um, a couple different companies, Philips Electronics, and then for uh, BMW Canada, mm. and also for the Gap. Okay. Did he had to learn some German then for BMW? <laughs> I think he went over there once, but uh, no, he didn't. No, eh? <laughs> They always say, um, underline at the end, very end, it says... What does it say? It says, like, uh, beneficial if you do speak a different language, right? Right. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So, you you are the sh you are a chef, right? Yeah. Yeah. You have all, everything. The yeah, I went to Stratford Chef School. Yeah. Did you, that's something you knew when you got out of high school? No, it's because I was working in a restaurant while I was in high school. Mm. And then. Um, kind of job? Yeah, I was, well, I was a dishwasher, and then I wanted to start making the salads and desserts, so then I started doing that, and high school was ending, and I, I don't know, got, on the, got talking with the chef that I worked for there, and I, I just happened to ask him about cooking schools, and he said Stratford has a good program, and then I just decided to do that, mm. but I liked being in the kitchen, I liked the um, atmosphere, I liked the team atmosphere of the, um, you know, because it's busy, it's a busy restaurant, yeah. 500 seats i've only worked in busy places and um the idea of that build up and executing it and then basically the party afterwards yes always every night mm. and that's what i like about it it was like the whole the whole lifestyle yes and i can uh, relate a little bit to it i used to be at the Valhalla, mm -hmm. and i did some purchasing there so the purchasing is right the next to the kitchen so the operation when everything comes together it's always felt for me very magical too yeah it's like there's no better moment yeah you see everything going out that you make so that's kind of you know that's how i how i got into that and then i went to stratford chef school and then i got even more hooked on food because it's just an amazing school mm. where's that in stratford ontario oh, okay in Ontario. and um you know you go there for four months straight leave your job and go there and just mm. do that full-time who's teachers there is it like Uh, they're actual chefs. They they run restaurants, and in the off season in Stratford, when the, from the Stratford Festival is off, because mm. they do Shakespeare plays there and whatnot, um, the chefs run the school. Yeah. So they're actually, you know, they haven't been a teacher for 30 years. They have been, but they've also been the chef of a restaurant. And they are right there where the action is. Yeah, and they're the they're the best chefs. Okay. You know, they're they're the amount of Michelin three stars that they worked at is unbelievable. Oh, okay, that's like the rating system. Yeah, you know, in well, it's all over the world now, but. Yeah. Um, At the time, it was a lot. They were, you know, focused on restaurants in France. Yeah. And uh, so, I mean, these guys are amazing. Mm. That's where, those are our teachers. Do you believe in that rating system? Yeah, I do. I mean, it's hard. <laughs> like, mm. um, if you're into it, you're into it. You know, if you okay. like doing that, go for it. But um, I don't think it, there's all sorts of cool 
kinds of restaurants. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be Michelin three star. If you if you want to follow their rules and do it their way and go for it, then yeah, go for it. Yeah. It's cool. But you know, there's tons of different kinds of cool places. Yeah, it's think, never been my thing. Yeah, like to 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 go to go to them. I love it. You know, and and have a great time at them. But to to put your life into that style, no, you wouldn't want to be a food critic. No, I, I, I don't really like food critics. Mm. Like, I don't, I, I don't, not that I don't like them. I just, I find that restaurants get so harshly abused by critics and everything, you know, whether it's like in the newspaper when they used to do it or on Facebook or yeah. whatever, it but just those, gets so old to me. Yeah. That's, that's rough. I yeah, mean, it like, is. And I feel like I want to stand up for them when I see them getting beaten up and everything, but mm-hmm. then, you know, people are starting attacking you. So the best thing for me is to not even look at it. Mm. And that's so I don't even go on them because <laughs> I just go crazy. I know. And then I can't sleep. Yes. <laughs> and then you go out there and you just try to say something nice and you get bashed again. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Well, you know, the, like, I used to get really frustrated with, with a lot of those sites and stuff. And honestly, I got rid of it and it was the best thing I ever did. Good. Because I just saw so many frustrating things and people justify it by, um, I'm just giving my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, but it's 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 rude. I find it's best if you if you are there in the restaurant and there is an issue that you think you have as a guest, mm-hmm. you should just bring it up. Yeah, and if the server just not does anything, you can always talk to the next person up, right? Ask for that. Person. No, if you legit legitimately have a problem and you're upset, like you you should really have no problem talking to the manager. Yeah, you know, like. But you go home and you and you ramble off these stupid things, and it's just it's someone's business too, mm. you know. And then the other people start saying things, and it's ridiculous. Yeah, for some people, it's like the twenty four seven. I'm there and I work for this. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. People don't, you know. And sometimes, yeah, bad things happen. And but if you brought it up to management, and that management cares, mm-hmm. they'll fix it for you. Yeah, for sure. You know, mm-hmm. if if they're awful at their, you know, then you know that'll show too but restaurants even have a budget for that too where they have a budget where they can give and allocate cost to things that happen like that happens you can just say okay well this dish is on us Mm -hmm. thank you oh yeah for sure yeah if someone if something bad has happened then they'll they'll look after it Mm -hmm. you know there's there's totally a budget for it i like that you turned it off and said that's it that i do it my way (laughs) yeah and, and it's this it's between between critics and and other places and what they're doing, yeah, you ha- I have to turn it off. Yeah, there is those people that just bash everything, and then but there's actually the is it a trait food critic that you have to be certified like your official? I do this and I give you so many stars. Um, you mean like they they have some sort of training for it? I bet, right? Yeah, well, I don't I don't think they have training, but I think they just have a whole lot of experience. Mm. They just eat in a lot of places, and they're just opinionated people. Yeah, but this is really rough to be neutral, isn't it? Because you are, everybody has preferences. Like Damien, you like cheese. Yeah, and I've even worked with a few food critics that like just the personality types we didn't get along, and just how harsh they were on things that you know I did personally didn't agree with, right? So. Mm. Yeah, I get the whole critic thing. Like, yeah, you can go into a place and you can say, is this good or not? You know, but it, oh, it's always a restaurant. Like, it's always that business that gets critiqued, like, so harshly. Mm-hmm. You know, but you can go into so many places around town and, and judge them on their service. Like, the same age group of person that's serving you in some stores, the same person that's serving you in the restaurant, you know. And you might have had bad service, but you don't run home and, and light them up online and stuff. It's true. You don't go to bed. It's frustrating. Right. Hey, and they just get a beating there. all the time, you know, yeah. and it's, it's, it's hard 
to to do that. So you what, know? what do you think the industry could do about that? I don't know what they can do about it. I don't. Um, I, I I told so many guys, guys, women to like when they would get frustrated with the just like just get off there, mm. stop being on there. Yep. Like you don't need it. Mm-hmm. Just do good food, and people will come. Yep. Like you don't need to keep doing that. And then they, you read the comments and read the stupid things that people say or whatever. They're just giving their opinion and um, they should just get off there. I can't even read it anymore. I can't well, do it. To me, it's frustrating because it's the restaurants that are, you know, that are, they're, they're, they're supporting the restaurant by advertising their stuff. But on the same hand, like they're also letting them get beat up all the time, mm. you know? So just do your own advertising. Okay. Yeah, that's it. And stop using that. And then you don't have to put up with the other stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, and they might, you know, it's silly when they say comments are closed, but yet they let a rant go on through 150 comments. You know? <laughs> this threat has been archived. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I obviously, I, you know, I've had, you know, some people say stupid things about salt and pepper too, right? Sure. You know, there was no vegetables in the spaghetti and meatballs. This place sucks. You know, <laughs> it's so crazy. But they, at least they put the cheese in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you read it, and you're just like, "What?" <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've seen I've seen it too. Like you know, as just a patron in these places and places that I support, and some of these comments that people are writing are ridiculous. And <laughs> like, like when people get mad at like their service being slow, like none of them are taking account that maybe there's only like one or two on the floor and the place is jam packed. Right. Mm. So obviously things might take a little longer than, and then they'll just rip on them online, but you know, they don't consider like the little things that. Yeah. And that could have been a situation where the the, the restaurant is kind of forecasting a slow night. So they have a couple servers. Mm. They don't want to like have a, you know, go over their budget. And then all of a sudden a ton of people come up and they get, they get hit a little bit, you know, but no one, you know, some people are cool with it, but then some people aren't. And yeah. it's frustrating when they feel the need to, some to write don't, about it. Some people just don't know the industry either. Just yeah. exactly like you said. Yeah. You know, you have like, you have two servers on tonight. You have one on call. You should look at the reservations. Eh, I call her off. Yeah. And boom, you have 20 walk-ins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden there's trouble. Or even like, <clears throat> okay, so someone in the kitchen might have screwed up with someone's order, right? It's the poor waitress just getting shit on by this person that has, she has nothing to do, but she's the one that's supposed to like the bridge to kind of like mm. alleviate the situation. And she might not even get a tip that night because of someone else in the back, but mm. she's the one that's the scapegoat. And yeah. Gets, yeah. I always wonder why they divide it so much in the restaurant. I've, like in my perspective, I'm not, not an expert, but they always do front of the house and back of the house. I, I, I kind of w- wish the industry would be where the teams would say they are one team mm-hmm. and because there's always this um, like divided where oh the front of the house did this or the back of the house did that and yeah. it's just like because you guys all work for the same company I know right it is it is go like that sometimes yeah and I, I I've got, some places I, can go like that yeah for sure but I wish there would be like something where they where we, we can all come together and say actually that's that's we are all one mm. and no divided maybe we have to dress the servers all as cooks and everybody just looks the same when they go out I don't yeah. know it's a good idea just came up with this. In Richmond Street, Richmond Street Grill in Toronto, Hayden, uh, their restaurant, they, they banned tipping in the restaurant. Mm. And um, I, I would assume they're going to pay the servers more instead of the server minimum wage. Mm. And But it kind of creates a different atmosphere in there. 
And that's what, like, Europe or, like, when I go to Iceland, like, everyone's just paid a salary. Nobody's getting a tip. Like, you don't tip when you're over there. Not so much. Yeah. Yeah. I can relate in Germany. It's not so much. No? No, not so big. Mm. It's not like the wage would be dependent on tips. Right. Yeah. Here, it's totally different. I get that. Um, so, they, the, but a tip is not customary there? No. No? There's, there's no social, I would almost say it's a social pressure, like, some, if you don't tip here, it's like, why don't you tip? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like, if you're over there and you just, yeah, you just leave in something and that's okay. That's mm-hmm. actually, that's good. Yeah. Or they'll even give it back to you because they don't accept <laughs> it. Like, I've right. had that happen mm-hmm. yeah. like in European countries. So it's different. Hmm. Uh, service is still good, though, usually. So that's good. Uh, yeah. Service in uh, Europe, all the pla- all the places I've been to, it's always been great. Mm. Yeah, you've been all over. They people take it serious the the service in in Europe. They 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 they, the, they demand it, and then they 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 give it. Mm. It's old school, maybe. Yeah, I think it's a career for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. You know, because they I think they do make really good money serving. Yeah, in good places, for and sure. uh, so they take pride in the service. Yeah, and then here servers sometimes make more money than managers. Yeah, yeah, for sure. If they have good nights, for sure. Busy season. Oh my god. Yeah. Okay, so you you did all this, and then Vince said he met you at some event, and he said, "Hey, I'm Vince." And then you said, <laughs> did he? "Hey, I'm Dave." Yeah, I've known him for a long time. So that was um, at Salt and Pepper. I'm going to say 2007. Yeah, it was because I opened the night. I said this was our first exact first year in business mm. to the day. And um, so that would have been April 2007, and it was a YPN event, Young Professionals Network. Oh, the, that's shifted into shift. Yeah, yeah which yeah, yeah. Um, shifted to shift. And um, yeah, they did like a cooking class uh, thing at the at Salt and Pepper. Nice. And I yeah, I remember I was showing people how to make coconut shrimp. Oh, I just wanted to say risotto balls. <laughs> Uh, it, coconut shrimp is always so easy in those situations and then um, I make- just remember him introducing himself because yeah. like no one really did it like he did it he just kind of like he's very uh, I don't know what's the word forthcoming like mm-hmm. hey I'm Vince <laughs> <laughs> like nice to meet you Vince yeah and then um, yeah I just kind of I've, I've known him ever since so um, for a long time yeah. so you can easily say one of the longest in town when did you come to town uh, 2004. 2004? Yeah. Oh, okay. Just because... There was a restaurant starting up, so I was uh, uh, on okay. board for that, and then eventually left mm. to start doing catering. Okay. The plan was always to do catering, but to, to be honest, it wasn't in Thunder Bay. Mm. It was going to be in Toronto, Okay. which, um, you know... Ooh, that's quite the difference. Yeah, well, you know, I was, it was going to be in Toronto, and then uh, I didn't know what I was going to do. I was going to, you know scrape some money together maybe buy a house somewhere and on a damn floor or something and cater out of the house until i could get going in toronto yeah and then uh there was an ad in the paper here for a catering kitchen uh, and i just went and looked at it in toronto there was an ad for a thunder bay catering no 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 kitchen. i was already here oh, okay and then i saw the ad in the paper so then i went and looked at it and i said i'm gonna try it here okay and then um i just never really left did you think about this at all Oh, you just, you saw the ad, you checked it out. And no, oh, I always wanted to do catering. So then when it said catering kitchen in the ad, yeah. I'm like, well, that's pretty convenient. You saw it and then that's, that was enough for you? Well, I went and looked at it and I said, I'm going to try it. Okay. 
And that's uh, that's how it went. Yeah, I can tell you, like when I bought this house, I went in the basement, and then when I that's when I decided I'm going to buy this house. So I just wanted to see where that moment where you it clicks for yeah. you to say, "Hey, I'm going to do this." Yeah, yeah, and it works good. Um, so yeah, and then just kind of figured it out from there. I never I worked for a caterer uh, for about a year, but mostly everything to do with catering, I just sort of figured out myself. Mm. And I'm, I was a restaurant guy forever, and um, I kind of kept doing restaurant things into catering, which didn't really work, and I had to adjust things, because mm. I always have this idea of doing everything at the last minute, mm. but you can't always do that. Yeah. But I do take that into the events and try to do as much at the last minute as I can. Yes. So. What can you not do last minute? Um, well, when you're doing a, a big wedding and, and stuff, you know, you kind of, what can't you do at the last minute? Mm. Um What can't you do? Um, a lot of stuff, really. These things have to be done ahead of time. You know, like should, let's put, put it this meat, way: something like that. Yeah, for the for the very first wedding we did, um, I was roasting chickens the day of, and I was butchering them out there because I I just wanted it to be kept on the phone the whole time. Yeah, but it, it eventually it turns into something where you would do that at your kitchen mm. instead. And, um, I was also finishing the sauce on site out there mm. and you just can't be doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, it needs to be all done ahead of time. Mm. So in a, in a good way. Yeah. Um, but it, that comes with equipment too. You know, things, things I didn't have back then I have now like, like a refrigerated van, <laughs> which is kind of a lifesaver. Yes. You know? Yeah. Does it have two engines? Like when one fails, then the other one still goes? Or one? Um, I don't know. Okay. Good question. Nothing's ever failed, so okay. I guess I would find out quick. Yeah. Well, you would do. You would install. We got to keep it running all the time. Yeah. So you can't just sort of turn the engine off, and then the reefer keeps going. So mm. it's always running from that power. Yeah. So I guess if the actual engine stopped, but that's probably not going to happen. No, you will not bring another engine. <laughs> just the generator yeah but uh no it's like something is just as a refrigerated van is like the the biggest lifesaver mm. you know another mistake i mean i've like brewing coffee on site you know or uh l not having enough power that's something i learned as well and then in tripping breakers and yeah. how many trick how many breakers did you trip? lots you know and then there's nobody there on the weekend to figure out where the panel is and <laughs> it's a nightmare did so you that, get power back I can't remember what happened, but a lot of stress, you know. <laughs> How do you handle stress? Um, sometimes good. Mm. <laughs> sometimes not so good. Usually good. And I, I learned that from the chefs that I work with because when you freak out, mm. um, it's, it's not good and you have to be, you know, it's just going to make everyone else freak out too. Okay. Yes. I can see that. Yeah. In the kitchen, though, there is a different language, right? Yeah. Is that, you prefer that kind of direct language? Uh, yeah, I do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, you know, I, 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 I take a, it's not always a hard approach. It can be a soft approach. Yeah. Whatever it is. No, it seems like you had chefs that influenced you to be open-minded in that way, right? Mm -hmm. I like that. Because there's a lot of old school chefs out there. I can, I can tell you a story that one of the banquet managers way back in the 80s, he went up to the ramp to the kitchen in the Valhalla. And he talked to the banquet sous chef. Mm -hmm. And food was late, 10 minutes. And then he says, where's my soup? And then he just, the chef had some some butter sauce in, his, in a bowl. And it's, the chef just 
dumped it right on the banquet manager. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just right there. Just that, that's it. And then the other guy just walked back down this, the ramp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably not a lot of that happens now. It's a little more touchy now. No, you can't the, do that kind of stuff. No. That's it. Goodbye. But then, like, you know, it's also the old school guy, the yelling was just the way to, to talk. Mm. You know, it's just they're always yelling. Mm. So you have to get used to that. It's noisy with the air vents. Noisy and everyone, they're just always, everyone's always pushing you. They're yelling at you all day long. Yeah. That's how it goes. But a lot of people aren't used to that. Okay. You know? So mentors teach you how to handle stress, you see. But how do you handle it? Like, does you get stress, you, you, there's a situation, do you like work out? Do you, do you go, or do you do your trips? Maybe that helps you. Um, you know, yeah, being st stressed at work and how to handle it. I think, uh, yeah, just trying to think of like what I would do on a daily basis. To be honest, to handle stress, I just make sure I'm like beyond organized mm. for things, which, handles my stress which makes me be able to sleep at night okay so as long as you know everything is organized yeah you have that ready you have a checklist we can literally have 50 you know whatever events in a week and you look at them all lined up on a table and you could you can completely freak out you go to somebody's house and they're freaking out because they got 15 people coming over mm -hmm. let alone what we're managing and you know the standards that people are we're trying to live up to on all of them. Yeah. You know, yeah, you could get stressed, but if you're organized and you're constantly working off a list and checking it off, then, um, it takes the stress away. I like that. Um, one, there was our last stressful one, a mother's day that we did. Mm. Um, it was really good in the beginning and the end, but the middle part, <laughs> Um, we had a, a mix up with food and someone got the wrong order and we had to remake food for another one mm -hmm. and it pushed us like half an hour behind yeah. and which went a little bit further and yeah, some people had to wait and it was, it was stressful, mm -hmm. you know, but I never, I never got, you know, like freaked out or upset with anybody cause it was going on cause that would have made it even worse. Mm. Like you have to just keep it cool. And know that you're running half an hour behind, but yeah. just keep pushing. So you ultimately would take all the blame then for it. Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah. I knew it was going to come. Mm -hmm. um, I was just just waiting for it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like it, it, it's just a couple. It, a couple of unfortunate incidents can just like the whole night can just go off yep. on timing, and it's it's unfortunate, mm -hmm. and then you really don't want that to happen. Um, but yeah, we. And part of it was to do with our online system. We used to give out order numbers and we started the online ordering. So we went back to people's names, but sometimes people show up and it's the, the order is under a different name or someone else did it. And no matter how many, how much instructions you give, there's, um, uh, you know, a person that's going to show up and give the wrong name or something. Yeah. Or they have the, almost the same name. Yeah. And that's, <laughs> well, that's what happened on that one. It's like almost the same name. Like, stefan and stephanie or something like that and mm. um oh boy yeah so it just it throws a wrench in the wheel you know and we try to come back from it but people were rolling through letting us know how long they're waiting and stuff so there's that one so mother's day was a big one for me and i've also had two on mother's uh, day too right all those mothers <laughs> you know two uh on good friday when we try to do fish and chip takeout i kept always fall behind on french fries and it drives me nuts <laughs> why is that i because i'm i'm doing i 
I don't know how many people are going to come, uh, you know, and that's part of the problem of doing doing that kind of service. Do you like pre fry them? Yeah, you blanch them, and yeah, but then yeah. you have to crisp them up. And I can't, I can't rush them. They got to be the way I want it to be. So yeah. then, uh, you know, you get fifty people walk in, mm. and you want to be as fast as you can. But yeah, you're just yeah. So those those are the two that have got me so far. <laughs> that's that's not too bad. That's no, not too bad. But I like I like that you prioritize over quality, even though it means you take the blame for it. Yeah, you just give them a wholehearted sorry yeah. <laughs> and go a couple of, like free pasta coupons. So, or something. so are you there then physically? Always, yeah. And you go there? Would you go out there as you're the owner? Right? You go out there and say, talk to them? Second, yeah, yeah. Well, it's all open you? kitchen, so everyone can see everything. Okay. So I'll, yeah, I'll go over or. You know, Susie or Shauna, they they'll they'll mm. say it too. Like everyone knows Good. the drill if something something bad is happening. I always like that. You know, when the yeah. chef, when the chef comes out. Well, if you, if you know you screwed up, I mean, there's nowhere to go. Mm. So no, you can just hide. You can hide, but <laughs> <laughs> then they'll go on Facebook. <laughs> Full circle. But we don't have too this many of those because we're super organized. Hiding. <laughs> but even Mother's Day, we were super organized and something happened and uh, man, oh man. I've done this before. I had a table and I had a reservation and the table was for a very special person. And then a regular walks in and I, he always has that table. And I... I look at the board, and I, I I don't know what I did, but I don't see that the table is reserved, even though I I should know. I give him the table. The other person comes in, so upset, <laughs> and they're from out of town, and they organized this all, and they specifically wanted that table. I was in trouble, <laughs> <laughs> but it happened. So I didn't do it on purpose. Did you have to kick the people out? Uh, I gave them another table. Yeah, and I gave them a free. They had nothing. They paid for nothing, and they got a gift card. Oh wow! But she still was not really happy. Oh. Yeah, but you know, and I, I understand. Mm-hmm. I, I really, I fucked this up. I screwed <laughs> it up. But I mean, I did everything I could to make her happy. And then the guy walks out that I gave him the table, and he comes to me. That was just before I left there. He gives me like a, he gives me a tip, and I was like a manager, right? Yeah. He says, "You always just look out after me. Thank you so much." <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was just like hoping the other people wouldn't see that. Yeah. Because it's like, yeah, you just bought that table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't get me wrong; it's not something you want to deal with, but yeah, I, I, I'd rather not. So, and no matter what you do in the service industry, if there's a mistake, it's always your fault. Yeah. And the best thing to do is just to, if it is, if you are wrong, just admit it mm-hmm. and just move on with it. Yeah. You got to. And I, you would hope that people are a little forgiving too, that you, you have admitted it mm. and uh, you made a mistake and hopefully we didn't ruin your night too much. Yeah. Sounds like she might've been a, a tough one, but. Yeah. Well, I can understand because she was out of, from out of town and she specifically booked that, you know? Yeah. And I can understand. I did the mistake, but I I tried to make it up for her, right? Right. So. More than, more than that, I couldn't do. I think I even sent her an email afterwards. Oh yeah, yeah. Wow. Follow up and say you really want, bro. Yeah, it's good. It's a good. It's was well, a good place. There was a guy that went off on me on uh, Facebook Messenger once for having the worst pasta in the world. <laughs> <laughs> I forget exactly what he said. I, I wish I kept pasta that. In the I wish world. like I would post that nowadays. Like I would just put that up and be like, "Here's my fan club." Yeah, he's my meme. Because you know? like, <laughs> he was uh, he was Italian descent. I remember that. Yeah. So and so he knew how pasta should. Oh yeah, of course. 
and uh yeah he didn't let dave go off easy there yeah i forgot he's like do i even know or can i even spell el dante and like he just he just went off on everything mm. autocorrect <laughs> did you did you what kind of pasta did you make uh, like what shapes or yeah, what, yeah. What, what brand um either or we use uh We'll use ravioli, gnocchi, uh, penne, fusilli, mm. bow tie, macaroni. Mm. Um, which one did I miss? Linguini, fettuccine. Okay. And spaghetti, of course. It's almost almost all of, all of them. Yeah, every single spaghetti that's made. <laughs> every pasta. Nice. Do you, you make them in the house? No, or? we don't make the pasta. Okay. We just buy good pasta. So we buy the Checo pasta. Mm. So, uh, no, we don't, we don't make it. Have you heard about the flower lung? The which? A flower yeah, uh, lung? Flower lung. Yeah, where the people that make flour, mm -hmm. they make spaghetti or pasta all the time because they use so much flour and it's so fine. Right. They breathe it in and then they get the flower lungs. Yeah, the guys at the bakery will wear um, face masks a lot of times because mm -hmm. it's always flying around. It's crazy. I mean, yeah. I heard that like uh, two months ago for the first time. Mm -hmm. It's just... I can see that mm -hmm. for sure. <sighs> okay. I like pasta. Pasta's good. Yeah, it's popular. It works good for takeout, and it's kind of our it's our niche. Mm. You know, we're not we're not going to expand to pizza or flatbreads or whatever else. We're just going to keep doing that. Okay, without spelling uh, any secrets. So if you don't want to answer that, that's fine. How do you keep the pasta hot when you bring it over? Is it do you have, because when I checked out the homepage, as I said, it was in this containers. Mm -hmm. But do you when you do buffets? I guess it's in a shaving dish. Yeah, but it's just. It, It's just timed. So if we're going to, if we have to be somewhere at 5.30 and let's just say we're bringing penne and tomato sauce, then we're doing it at the last minute. Mm. And I would give it a bit extra sauce if it's in a chafing dish. So yeah. I refer to it as swimming. Mm. So make the pasta swimming uh, because it's going to be in a chafer. Okay. But it, as long as the pasta is properly cooked and it's good quality, that's the key too. Like if you buy cheap, um, you know, what's a cheap brand? Um, no name yeah like a no name pasta it will break up in a chafing dish because it's cheap but if you buy a quality pasta like the Checo yeah, it, it will keep its firmness in a chafing dish how come? it's just quality like like, a, like the penne will just split on you and um, you know uh, the all those pastas they're just they're, they get gummy sitting in there mm. and you know that's part of it too where we time it it, it comes out of the water into the pan mm. um well actually to be honest we don't we don't reheat it in water because mm. i don't want the water in there okay it goes from it just it's a it's a dry like cooked dry pasta and then hot sauce goes on it nice so then it sticks to it better i'm hungry <laughs> so good yeah but, but when we're doing takeout we reheat pasta in hot water mm. okay Yeah, I almost like from my perspective when I cook and I I listen to this right now, I would just almost say you slightly the pasta is almost undercooked and then while I drive it gets ready. <laughs> nah, I don't want no. Yeah, you could think that way, but no, it doesn't work because it's going to soak up sauce and okay. it needs to be it's it needs to be finished and done. And what if it doesn't cook? Then you're going to have a real you're going to have all these complaints on your hand that yeah. you have uh, pasta We're, that's too hard. Worst pasta in the world. <laughs> I just made that. <laughs> But yeah, that's trial and error too. Like I've I've messed up pasta back way back when, and mm. as long as you ask yourself why and how, you'll fix the problems. Mm. You know, like how can I do it better? Why did this happen? 
you'll you'll fix all of those problems. If you don't care, then you won't fix them. Yeah, or if you ignore them, or you think you this didn't happen. Like yeah. if you identify yourself with the feedback, with the feedback that it's okay. Yeah, and you you know it for yourself. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. So just keep asking yourself questions, and if you care, it'll just get better. Mm. You know. Okay. So you you serve that beef dish. You don't look at people. You just like I've been up there for a year and lost a lot of sleep, maybe. And um, how many meals did you have to wait till the judges would announce uh, for the first win? You have to. You have to go through everybody, like okay. all the other can you know competitors. Okay, you were first uh, because they don't serve at all at the same time, right? No, they go in turns. Uh, no, the first two years I was actually like last. Oh, and then uh, the, this last year I was. Um, I think it was first or second. I oh, can't remember. Okay. So the, the defender has to serve at the first. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it was kind of cool because then um, I could actually chill out and just watch. Mm. Uh, the other years, you're kind of just, you know. Do you try the pacing. other dishes? No. Well, uh, sometimes uh, people will bring some over or we'll mm. trade or something. You just like, thank um, you. But we didn't really get anything this year. Huh. Or and even the years before, like a little bit, you know. Mm. Uh, I wanted to see, uh, of course, I tried uh, the barbecue pit, uh salad because i wanted to <laughs> it was, it, i kept hearing about it so i wanted to, i want to try it and it was good mm. it's great nice is it a friendly competition oh yeah, yeah. it's yeah it's that, that some guys taking it too serious no 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 it's <laughs> well i take it serious but I, I don't want to show up and just be a goof you mm. know i want it to be good so but i i guess people take it serious i don't know i'm not some got salt like from my point of view like being in the the audience like mm-hmm. s- some other kitchens got a little salty you know mm. oh like with results or oh yeah know, certain yeah, things, yeah they felt that maybe you know people were mm. uh, oh yeah about what no just like i guess people thought that they were better than they were but really in reality you know they're yeah dish uh, wasn't up to par with what others were doing <laughs> so yeah i've had that i've had that discussion too about people complaining you know about you know if you if you make if you choose a piece if you play within the rules i mean there's really nothing nothing wrong but if if i want to use a really good cut of beef that's expensive versus someone that might not you know mm. be doing that um they get upset with it yeah but my issue is is that like if you're gonna if you're going to show up to a cooking competition and make like, let's just say a spring roll, like make it the spring roll of your lifetime, mm-hmm. you know, don't make a two bit spring roll. Mm. And to be honest, if I want to use a good cut of meat, I'm serving 600 people, but it, they're little plates. Mm. It doesn't, it's not going to like rock the boat that much. If you're going into a competition, like you should, you should also, you know, have some budget mm-hmm. that you can have a good ingredient. Yeah. So, it's like what I said, ask yourself why and how and go back instead of complaining mm. and go back and think about it like, you know, the chef that you are, the tough guy, and think about how to win. Mm. After I lost the first year, I thought about it every single day. And some people brush off that competition. I brushed it off for years. Like the first, I'm not doing I'm not doing that. I'm working. I'm making money instead of doing the competition. But then finally I did it and then I got involved in it and then I wanted to win it. Mm-hmm. But I didn't just complain about people mm-hmm. after that year. Like um, you just go back and do it again harder, you know? Yeah. You have to have that mindset though, right? Yeah. 
so you do. So complaining about it is, it's a, it's just kind of funny to me because mm. there's two different angles from it. Very true. It's those are wise words, my friends. Wise words. Okay, so you were, you said you were last, last, the second time, like the first time you were winning. I'm still trying to get the story together. You served your dish. You, the judges didn't, people still had to serve the food for the other people, right? Um, is this the first year or the, yeah. the last year? This is your first time win. Ah, okay. So the second year. Mm. Um, yeah, I was the last person to serve the judges their food. Okay. How long did you wait till the decision was announced that you were the winner? Um, not too, I think they get like, you know, a half hour after they get the last dish. Okay. You know, and they do they they, they were positive. Okay, and in mind, I didn't win the judges' choice that year. Mm. Um, uh. Blue Blue Door Blue Door Bistro won that year. Okay, and uh, they won judges' choice, and then I was fortunate enough to get the the main one. Mm. So that's cool. And um, the final year, we got both of them. <laughs> It's interesting that you didn't like say, "Damn." I only won one. <laughs> <laughs> I never saw his dish, but I heard it was good. But yeah, of course I wanted to win both. I thought from the feedback I was getting from the crowd, yeah, yeah, like people just come up to the table saying, "Hands down, you have this." Like, like you're gonna win, you're gonna win. And then so I just think I'm gonna. I thought I was gonna get both, but mm. you know, whatever. Yeah. It's all good. Okay. Yeah. I know. As long as I got that main one, then I was like, "Okay, hey, I, I came to this thing and did it, and now, now it's over, mm. and I can move on." <laughs> so you go in there this year as a seasoned warrior. Yeah, I just said we were gonna have fun and like we'll make it good mm. and have fun, and um, but of course we still end up taking it serious. Yeah, but and it, uh, it, it just was a different well. atmosphere, right, for you? Yeah, yeah. The whole thing was different. I got to serve first. The table was up front. It was like it was even more fun this year. Yeah. Mm. Or last year, whatever it was. Everybody was like, you got to look out for this guy. Nah, I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? But even like uh, the mash that you made out of the celery root, like that was amazing. So yeah, that. Mm. celery root's a good one because it's not always what people have, right? And so it's, it's, it's new to a lot of people and it's something that holds up well when you make it at your kitchen and bring it over there and has okay. to sit in a chafing dish. So it suits the the environment well. And people eat it and go, what is that? Mm. Meanwhile, it's, you know, they sell it in Metro, but you just don't always have that. Okay. So it's just enough of a it's just enough of a twist to to make people mm. go, what is that? Does it taste a lot like celery? It was like mashed potatoes the way you made it. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it's celery root puree. Okay, cool. What did you pair it with? Um, that was on this year's, uh, that was with a soy ginger mirin sauce and it was a, with a, an Asian marinated ribeye, mm. micro basil. We had some awesome micro basil. What is micro basil? It's basil. That's just really small. <laughs> How come it's so small? Um, cause that's when it's, it's grown and picked to that size. Okay. And then, uh, get it through a supplier and it was just perfect on there. Mm. There was something else too, but I'm forgetting. You made like like an au jus or a gravy. Well, it was that was the soy uh, ginger mirin sauce. Mm. Dessert? Anybody? No, and I think that someone should do a dessert mm. as a main dish. Uh, yeah, why not? Mm. It's just a cooking competition. Like, in, you know, there's lots of good dessert makers in Thunder Bay. Yeah, there is. Like that'd be pretty cool. Did you see that um, the beefcakes burger cake? I see all of their 
Okay. Burgers. All right. And they make me hungry. Yeah. <laughs> did you have some before you got over? No, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Damien probably did, though. <laughs> Vince probably did. <laughs> I, I did have some today. Yeah, yes. of course you did. Nice. <laughs> so much for no carbs. <laughs> no, I uh, I had a, a bunless burger. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Good. And Caesar salad. Oh, that's, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, good. Yeah, burgers are awesome for sure. Yeah, burgers are good. <clears throat> Nothing wrong with burgers. Okay, so you 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 dish out your first dish, and you it's a good atmosphere. It's a different <laughs> this time for you, and it's just a complete circle for you. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. It's yeah. it's so weird going like that's three years. Like mm. it went from you know saying no to doing it all, all those years. Like mm. not really, like nah, not really. And to, to be honest, what happened was I. I uh, a friend of mine needed to borrow a deep fryer. Mm. So um, I lent it to her mm. and I dropped it off at the event. And when I went to go pick it up, I was just sort of hanging out and mm. I checked out the event. Nice. And I'm like, this is kind of cool. Okay, maybe I'll do it next year. Mm. And then I just decided to do it. And then I just got caught up in it. So, so it's almost too bad that I wasn't there when a lot of the other guys were there as well. Mm. You know, from the in, in the early days. Yeah. yeah. You know, cause some people do it and then there is a cost to it and time. Mm. You know, you're not in the restaurant, so you, it gets harder and harder to do. Yeah, uh, especially for that number. Yeah. I can see that. And do you have to supply all the dishes too? And everything, how you plate it? Or is no, it? they they supply the okay plates that the food's going on. You just got to do the ones for the judges. Yeah, so it's like a six-inch plate? Yeah, it's like a six-inch side plate. Yeah, the bottom dish. And then those have some napkins and forks there. And then you just bring a glass plate for the uh the judges mm. which which reminds me the first year so my idea of this event was i i thought it was like your best bite but maybe that kind of tailed off over the years mm. so i made a you know it's just a really small risotto ball mm. and that's good for all the guests in the crowd but i did the same thing for the judges because i believe that yeah the judges should get the exact same thing as the people in the audience mm -hmm. so everyone knows what they're doing but some people change it a little bit and then they make bigger food like more of an entree type size mm -hmm. so i show up with this little dish with a risotto ball on it with a sauce and basil oil mm -hmm. and then they're all ridiculing because this small dish <laughs> like where did you get this a dollar store and I, like well what? i thought it was i thought it was like supposed to be like one bite uh, like I didn't know like we had to make like a big thing yeah. so then I switched it up the next year mm. and things started looking up yeah. <laughs> once you start learning it yeah. so maybe yeah. a little Where's bit loosen the rules mm. yeah <laughs> but you get the flavor and uh, it's almost like if you only take one bite of food and it's so good and that's it that's like the best because you can't get it again right I, I kind of like that yeah and it, sometimes the judges complain about being too full mm. you know and uh, so what your natural reaction is to say, well, you don't have to eat everything that's on the plate. It's true. <laughs> yeah. You could just take a bite. But, um, you know, I felt like they're getting to the end and they're eating all the food uh, and they're really drunk. And then you're the last one to go up. Mm. And then, you know, whatever. <laughs> it's not always the best, you know, situation. Okay. You know? <laughs> yeah, I get it. But it, was it, the, it was the first year. Hey, um, Damien, what's up with your socks today? What kind of socks do you have on? Uh, I, I believe they're Woody from Toy Story. That's, those are awesome. I uh, got them in Korea. Mm, wow. And Derek would be quite uh, jealous. Yeah, you, I see that he's a sock guy. I had no idea. Mm. How did you see he was a sock guy? Because I 
notice his personal Instagram had a lot of yeah, just on Facebook sock too. pictures. I, I don't post mine. People get the have to see it in real life mm. to know that I'm a sock guy. Right. Yeah. So you put those on on purpose on today? No, no. I uh I have a drawer that's full that's not even worn from like two years ago. Wow. So every time I go I just accumulate a stockpile. Can't you just post a picture of that for us? We'd love to see that. Mm. You know what? I'll start doing it tomorrow. So I, you know what? I think the problem is is sock pictures are going to get in the way of workout pictures. Mm. That's what the problem's going to be. Yeah. Because heaven forbid, if we don't know that Damien's at the gym, yeah. what kind of a day is it going to be? Plus, we would see both socks at the same time, right? <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, Dave, there's been the lack of gym. Yeah. On both of our parts. I know that like, one arm is looking rough. Hey, man, I saw you <laughs> doing like one arm push-ups after you got hurt. Yeah. Um, times have changed. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Wow, this one's got severe atrophy yeah. now, though." Like, mm. he's got a bad wing. Yeah, how long was it? You were you in there uh, in that casket? So July fourteenth was or the cask, surgery. Cask. Sure. Yeah, I yeah. just got out uh, two weeks ago. Two weeks. Yeah. yeah. So you were in there for three, four weeks. I'm sorry. Yeah, just that. yeah, just uh, over three weeks. Yeah, three weeks. Wow. Yeah, it happens fast. But you think the thing is with muscles, they have memory. So once you start using it again, it will come back. Mm-hmm. With this injury, though, I got to be very careful not to overwork it because it could potentially rip again. Mm. So I got to take it very light, which is hard for me. How how long? Uh, I could, they say like three to six months. Yeah. Yeah. Before I start lifting real weights or anything. So mm. it's a tendon, right? Yeah. So I tore my left distal bicep tendon. Yeah. Well, Tenon does not good. Yeah, I heard it pop. Mm. It was pretty disgusting sounding. And then I knew something was definitely up when I heard it. So, well. mm. Drown yourself in burgers. Yeah. I, I had to switch to single burgers because I couldn't <laughs> even eat doubles with the, the one hand. <laughs> the one hand. It was <laughs> really oh, messy. Wow. Okay. Yeah. But well, you, you still hike. I do. Yeah. Mm. Still uh, doing things that I probably shouldn't be doing, but mm. yeah. Yeah, as long as the doctor doesn't know, right? Yeah. He's been taking pictures of my uh, collection of uh, my my heavy, heavy metal rock and roll collection. Mm-hmm. So he's been he's been doing that, keeping busy. How do you operate the camera with one hand? He, well, do you want to answer that or do you want me to keep uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, I still, Just like, a little bit still working. Yeah, I'm still working fully. Yeah. Uh, Doing my corporate work or real estate photography, uh, very still nice. With the, the one wing, um, flying a drone with the, Ooh. Yeah, yeah. So I'm still working. Oh, so it's possible. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Getting dressed. Uh, socks were the hardest at one point, and then uh, trying to put pitch stick under my right arm mm. was probably the hardest. So yeah, Chloe had to help me with that. I'm shocked. There's no videos of this. Shocked. <laughs> I don't think people need to see it <laughs> somewhere. Or another. It's well documented. I'm shocked we don't see it, but not posted just yet. Yeah, that's no, good. It's probably in the. I'm. It's probably ready to come out. I have to say, I'm glad you went for surgery and you got it done, because I think it's the best choice you could do. Yeah, and I would like actually give the hospital a shout out that they got me in so fast because I know people are on a waiting list just for imaging during COVID and everything, everything's so backed up and mm. I was just surprised and I got in within a week, you know, it's yep. crazy. Yeah. Our hospital is awesome. Mm-hmm. I just can say we always had good experiences there too. Mm-hmm. We had our little one, he's five. Yeah. Started to have really bad belly pain. 
And we were just thinking, oh, maybe he has a flu or, you know, that was like last November. And then it wouldn't go away and the fever would go higher and higher. So we went in and turns out he had um, appendix, was infected. Mm. And then we scheduled the surgery in the morning. He was in the hospital and then by the morning it had popped. And he went for surgery right then. Unbelievable. Wow. So quick too. You wouldn't even know. Mm-hmm. So I'm always good there at the hospital. Always good. Yeah, I've uh, I've been fortunate too, and just yeah, I mean, not everyone has the same experience, but it's one of those things too. It's like you don't know how many people are in and mm. the shift before. You you know, there's so many factors at the hospital. Yeah, I had surgery, and I also go for phlebotomies for hemochromatosis, and we also cater there a ton. Okay, I can't say I've ever had a bad time. Mm-hmm. Everyone is always so good. Yeah, you know. Whether I'm there personally or whether I'm there working. Mm-hmm. Everyone's accommodating, nice. Yeah. And they have, you know, it's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. But especially mentally too. Yep. It's crazy. Yeah, they see a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. let's, let's talk music. Music collection. Because you have, how many Instagrams accounts do you manage? Um, I, I have three. So three. myself, Heavy Collectibles, and Salt and Pepper. Mm-hmm. So that's manageable for you? You do all the social media work? Yeah. Well, it, it can be manageable. I wish I could do more, mm. you know? Yeah. It takes time, right? Yeah. yeah. I want to have a look. That's why Damien's doing pictures for uh, the collection now because it makes it look a lot better. Yes. Than just what I've been doing. So, uh, and then I get kind of obsessed with how it looks and mm. how I want it to post. And you get those three pec- pictures like going down. And you want it to look a certain way. Yes. But you know, the majority of people don't really care, you know, but y- you're looking at Maybe. it. And I, and I want it to have a certain, yeah. you know, if you're taking pictures of drumsticks, no, I want three drumstick pictures okay. from three different people or three drum heads or, yeah. or it's got to be the matching band or, or something like that. And then the shapes of the items, if they're different items. Yeah has to look proper in those three. <laughs> I get it. Yeah, consistency, right? And yeah. You want, you want to be visually appealing. Yeah. So then I look at the first ones and I go, why did I post that? I should have put this with this. So then like, do I delete it and then like redo it? And uh, yeah, so there's just so much drama. What do you do with um, that Instagram account? So do you, do you, are you a collector then? Yeah. And do you do do you offer things for sale on your collection, or you just promote it? You highlight it? You show it? It's or? basically just showing it, um, so, uh, so so other people that, that do what I do can see what you have, mm. and they they see what you're into, and not just other people that collect, but musicians too, because that's a lot of times who you buy from uh, that and auction houses, and then do stuff on your own. But people can see what you're into, and then they'll you know message you for something that you might have for sale. Or that they have for sale yeah. and go from there. So it's kind of like exposing your collection so you can mm. keep accumulating. Yeah, people would hit you up and say, hey, I have this. Do you, are you interested? For sure. Okay. People do it all the time. And then um, people I never thought I would talk to, you know, and then you end up talking to them and you make deals with them and, mm. you know, you have more and more memorabilia. I asked Damien the same question. How do you authenticate things? Um, it, it depends on what the item is. Like, Sometimes if it's if it's an autograph um, that you're buying from, because I'm not a big autograph buyer, like I like to just get it myself. Yeah. But if someone offers me something cool, and it's all done in silver sharpie, and it's all nice signatures on a really cool photo uh, from a reputable person, 
then I'll buy it. Mm. If it's yeah, if, if I if I really like it. Yeah. Um I'm not too worried about the signatures because if the artist has given a really nice signature, it's not hard to to send that off and have that authenticated. You know, um, a lot of times they'll give a nice autograph if they're backstage or something, but when they're coming out of a hotel, mm. they'll give you a, a, a lousy autograph. Yeah, what and, about that MM from uh, Maryland? Yeah, I know. He just gives MM. I know. What was that? He's always what? done that. Okay. So on all his, all his vinyl albums that I have too, it just says MM. Yeah. But then you start to look at the MMs and how he does it, mm. and then you can really, you, you can, can tell, tell a fake. Oh, wow. Like eBay's full of it. Like it's hilarious when okay. you look at it. Okay. You would never buy something from there. Mm. Um, memorabilia, they have to just give me a letter saying what it is. Mm. Um, it could be anything, you know, like my, I was just talking about guitar picks the other day. Like people want to sell you guitar picks, but I'm most leery on things like that because they're easily replicated mm. and, they can even say they can even give you a letter and say this is real, but they've had it replicated. Mm. How do you know? Yeah. So it really depends on the person. Okay. That that you're buying it from. So it's like a, you know a trader and he's very reliable, and then honestly, I wouldn't even go with a trader. It'd have to be the musician himself. Ah. Uh, okay. Or herself. Yeah. Um, I would have to do it that way. Yeah. Then I would really believe it. Yeah. Do you have things that you brought along? to your shows where you had that VIP pass and then you let it sign? Yeah. Sign? Yeah, there's lots. Um, usually smaller things, pictures and stuff, mm -hmm. albums. We, we In the beginning, you could bring guitars in and stuff, but they've cut down on that. Yeah. Especially with people reselling it. Uh, okay. So that's always the biggest thing is they, you can bring anything you want to get signed, just no guitars because yeah. the market got so big for it. Mm. And so it became really difficult like, to, yeah. to get them signed. That's fair. Yeah. And I, I kind of got off that anyway. It, it also, a lot of them will say no to you as well, which kind of creates this kind of lousy mm. feeling. It's like, oh. Yeah. Like, oh, that sucks. <laughs> Plus so. you're carrying this thing around yeah. the whole day. And <laughs> Traveling. And I've been three hours in line. Damien lost one of my guitars on the way to Los Angeles one time. Mm, that's a good story. Yeah. I was wondering when the good stories were going to start. Yeah, yeah. It was a slash autograph guitar. I had two of them. And then I wanted to get <laughs> I wanted to get the drummer from Guns N' Roses to sign the guitars as well. So Damien had to take a guitar and he went on a different flight than me. Yeah. And then uh, he lost his. Carry on. Yeah. So, so I'm on this flight. Like he's already in LA and then he flew me out with this other guitar. So I had to fly from Thunder Bay to Toronto. Toronto to calgary calgary to edmonton edmonton to vancouver vancouver to la and you lost it i carried it with me the whole time and they're like uh we can't put this above it's too big i'm like well it's coming with me it has to it's like no we'll put it under and we'll get it to you at gate check that was at edmond no it was in la when i showed up and it wasn't there yeah and i was just freaking out i'm like dave's gonna kill me <laughs> and then we finally meet up at the airport and we found it surprisingly Oh yeah, I don't I don't even know how it came back, but we it was never there and then we found it eventually. But yeah, I don't know. We found it, so. mm. it wasn't in oversized either. I don't know how we got it, but showed up one way or another. Wow. Were you did you tell Dave or did you just like I No, I felt awful. Mm. But like it was definitely the airline's fault. And I got him such a nice flight too, you know? There was only sixteen stops. Yeah. First class <laughs> each <laughs> single flight. Port. I don't even think I've ever had that many Leo. It was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was because it was booked last minute. It's not because I wanted him to. Do you like yeah. flying, Damien? There's certain aspects of it. Mm. Yeah, like I, I have flown a lot, so I've learned little tricks. Like for me, I have to have an aisle seat now. Okay, 
because I drink a lot of water, so I'm constantly uh, going to the washroom. Yeah. But not only that, like, I don't like being squished in the seat because I like I don't have the leg issue, like, mm. no problem. I have like, I water shoulders. Like yeah. So I've been jammed in the middle with people that were a lot bigger than me, and you're just kind of like sandwiched in there, and then, yeah, it's not enjoyable. So I'm, no. a, I'm an aisle guy. You know when you, you ever see that front row seat and there's the wall there? Mm. You know what's funny is when Damien sits in the front row seat and he puts his legs out, it, they don't even reach they the wall. Touch. They wow. don't touch the wall. What? There's Can you believe that? that? No, I can't believe that. Yeah, there's <laughs> lots of photos of that because I've never seen them. It's pretty funny. I'll be pulling up here for you. It is pretty funny. But, uh, yeah, I had um, I had a good flying experience when I was in Victoria, and I left. And we all connection flight was from Vancouver to Hamburg, going home. We did some trips before we moved to Canada, and we took the ferry over. And then the flight was supposed to be, I think, at one o'clock. We were there two hours early. Flight is delayed, and we we're like, okay, what can happen? But they didn't even say when. And then eventually they told us that the plane that we are going flying to Germany is still flying from Germany to Vancouver. Mm. So I think we, we slept through the whole night, almost the whole night, and we left early in the morning. And I was I, my, I was with my sister, and of course my sister would sleep, and I was watching the the luggage. Because if you fall asleep, your luggage is gone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> That's crazy. Oh, there you go. Wow. That's crazy. I can't believe that. <laughs> Your legs don't touch it. No. I mean, th- I, I feel that that one was a little farther than normal, but <laughs> maybe not. I, don't know. I do have short legs. So, mm. uh, so yeah. you found a guitar, but you did, you, so did you, you had to tell Dave, right? That you lost it first? I'm like, your guitar is not here. And the look on his face was priceless but i can understand the mm. frustration how does how much is a guitar like this uh what that one about? i was a slash um signature guitar i don't know 1200 okay but he signed it in uh on a different trip in san francisco mm. so i was hoping to get more and more on there you know yeah and um which we did eventually steven adler right steven adler yeah. nice yeah. original drummer of guns Roses. Ooh. He was doing an art exhibit out there, drum art, and uh, those those events are always small, like fifteen people. So we got tickets for that. And How do you get tickets for that? Just it, it literally. I mean, it's not exactly a hot hot seller. So okay. uh, you, you know, if you're there, you can get tickets. Mm-hmm. And I went to one before, um, in Baltimore for an event, and um, you know, kind of knew the the guy that operated them too. So message him and tell him you're coming again. If you buy the art too, they're they're kind of happy with that as well. So I see. Yeah, that's good. It's a give and take. That was a good trip. Mm-hmm. That was a fun trip. That's the one where you we saw the the DeLorean from Back to the Future. Yeah, this guy made full like on. the full on like exact replica DeLorean. Ooh. He even had the like the 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 almanac the and, and all, yeah, everything. Yeah, wow. it was amazing. Did yeah. He, did you have that um, the add on in the third movie where they do the the shredding the vegetables and stuff the garbage? <laughs> Into into the flex capacitor. He added on there. No, he it was like a full on replica. It was amazing. Wow. Yeah, he did a good job. Yeah, did, did I forget how much money I had to give him to sit inside it. You did? Oh yeah, yeah. picture. Yeah, we got photos inside it. Yeah, good. Wow. Did you go back to the future? Uh, in, in my uh, altered state that night, maybe I did. <laughs> Couple tequilas. Yeah. Couple tequilas. Yeah, that's good. Okay. Um, 
Any good other stories? Vince said, you, Dave, you have a lots of good stories. Um, yeah, I got stories for everything. Mm. Um, depends what it is. Um, okay, let's just finish off the collectibles then. All right. So you, Damien keeps... You collect hockey stuff. Mm -hmm. mm. And... Do you guys ever talk about your collections and then yeah oh, all the time yeah because yeah. yeah like we both kind of grew up as collectors yeah and uh, so it doesn't matter really what you collect in a way it's just it's when you're a collector it's you can connect even though you collect different things right yeah he's he's stuck with his childhood uh, sports hero and mm -hmm. I did hockey and baseball as well for the longest time so we always talk about how it was in the sports card boom back in the 90s. And um, he stuck with that, and then I went the music route, okay. which is probably cheaper than the sports route, <laughs> <laughs> depending on which band. But oh, I yeah. thought this, I thought it would be different. That's well, sticks and jerseys and all the stuff yeah, like and there's there, so much out there. There's literally one of a kind stuff always, you know. And uh. it's if you if if you're into a player, that's good. Like Pavel Bure, like it's mm. there's guys that are willing to spend lots of money to get it. Yeah, I guess that's competition competitive yeah. yeah and like for him it's just like resurged like his cards from the mid 90s have just skyrocketed like mm. a card that was like maybe worth 40 dollars is now like 200 dollars to buy this like one card wow and they just go up from there like it's in like the tesla stock card yeah it's <laughs> insane mm. like one one trip of like because i've gone on a couple with him and um so you know the band pantera no 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 i'm sorry his favorite band oops um, Sorry, this show is over. So, <laughs> so we had it's got not the first time. <laughs> just maybe explain like that trip going down to Dallas and you know meeting one of the members of that and getting a bunch of gear and you know. Yeah, well, you know, sure. Who who knew in high school that we would we would you and I go out for dinner with uh, a guy from in Pantera, Rex Brown? It was amazing, you know. Like you you would never think that. Mm. And um, so what happened was he had all these guitars for sale from his um, from his career, okay. and they were in an auction. And I wanted them really bad. And um, all of them, yeah, okay, because they're all from different eras, mm. and they were all awesome. And to be honest, they were uh, a little hefty in price, and they didn't sell. So I contacted the auction house afterwards and just started, you know, working out a deal for everything. Mm. And you know, would you do this? Would you do that? Throw this in? Do everything? And um, ended up happening i said i'll fly to texas and pick them up um can we meet rex as well you know uh, and then he was right into it yeah you know and then he said sure let's do it so then we went down damien and i went to houston first we flew to houston picked up the guitars at the auction house mm. did tours around there and then we drove to dallas and uh met up with rex and um that one day when we were driving to his house, he actually, he had my number okay. and he actually called, but I didn't answer the phone and it went to voicemail <laughs> and it was him telling me to pick up some beer because he didn't have any. <laughs> like, I can't believe I just got a phone call from Rex Brown from a, a cowboy from hell. Yeah. You know? And, um, so then we went to the house Asking and then you to get beer. Yeah. And then we went to the house and we just hung around and, uh, I think he thought I, I knew how to play bass, but I don't. Mm. And um, so he kept saying, you know, just play whatever, pick whatever off the wall, play it. And I, and I never did. Mm. <laughs> I just kept asking him questions and he would play and stuff. And then we went out for dinner. He took us to, um, he wanted to take us to the best Mexican place around. So we did that. Did and um, then we ended up going to the liquor store too. And he bought a bottle of Crown. And I was psyched because 
Crown was always the biggest liquor associated with that band. So it was oh, cool to okay. go and buy a bottle with him. Yeah. And then we went back to the house again. And we were all having some drinks again. And he was just telling stories. And, you know, we're it's crazy. Yeah, it was it was cool. And then we kept in touch. So. Oh, OK. Yeah. How do you think? Why did he sell his stuff? Um, He, he has tons of okay. stuff. So it just collects. It just gets to a point where they just don't. They don't need it all, and it sits in a box. Yeah. And some people aren't into. They're not like me, where they want to hang everything on the wall. Mm. Um. Some people don't do that. You know, he doesn't hang his own guitars on the wall. Yeah. To him, it's just his guitar when he was younger. And then to me, I'm the fan. Mm. So I'm just like, yeah, but you're from Pantera, and that's your guitar. Mm. But to him, it's, he just doesn't care. So, um, you know. I Whatever, think, sells it. Yeah, I think everybody has a different attachment to things. Yeah. yeah. If he's good with that and he has lots of stuff, mm -hmm. houses are only so big. Yeah. You know, he has pictures of his uh, music heroes on the wall. Mm. You know, he's got Zeppelin and Keith Richards and stuff on his wall. Yep. So he doesn't keep his own stuff. It's kind of like, I guess, like, you know, you don't put your, put your cameras on a shelf and go, this is what I shot everything with, mm. you know, and yeah look at it that way so he does the same thing it was like cool for me like as a photographer like he had like albums of like them playing back in the day mm. and he was literally just cycling through he's like pick some like so he let me like pick some photos out of his personal albums you know wow which was really cool to that yeah was a good connection yeah because yeah, he has pictures of him playing all those guitars at you know different shows mm. he's just yeah constantly just saying take whatever you want take whatever you want so they're all sitting with those guitars displayed so yeah, it was a killer trip. Never knew that would happen. Yep. So that was a lot of fun. Amazing. You didn't lose any, so you brought them all home. That's, that's good. <laughs> We ended up... Uh, I mailed them. them. Yeah, I yeah, I got them all and I ended up yeah. shipping them. Do you insure them then when you ship them? Yeah, I think it comes with a certain amount and then I did a number as well. Mm. So I can't remember what it comes with. But yeah, I go FedEx, so it's pretty safe. Yeah. And I, we weren't going to, but then I just said, oh man, it's a hassle. So a lot of stuff, yeah. Yeah, and the cases are old. They're falling apart, like literally. And um, so it was better that they were in boxes mm. and shipped. One case is so old that it's so brittle. The original Pantera case from 83, uh, I had to get a like a clear plastic case made. Wow. So it could sit in that. That's and um, yeah, it's a really cool case. So what do you do with your stuff then? You put it on the wall, you said? Yeah, the, my entire basement. My entire basement is heavy metal. There's a washer and a dryer, mm. a furnace, and a bar. Okay. And everything else is... It's like open concept? Yeah. Okay. Made it open concept. It used to have um, some beams and whatnot, mm. but we, just, Ooh, we okay. just changed the way the house is structured so it can be all open. Yeah. Which one was that? The, uh, the one with the lightning there? That oh, that's a guitar cabinet, yeah. Mm. Um, so that's the, that's the guitars and lots of memorabilia in there, but the walls are all covered in pictures as well. That's amazing. Albums, hundreds of items. It's like a museum, right? Yeah, it just keeps keeps going, you know? And then you start doing stuff like Instagram, and it just like a whole new avenue. It's mm -hmm. almost too much sometimes. Okay. So whoever you live with, they are good with the basement? <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she enjoys it. Susie enjoys it as well. Okay. Yeah. That's good. It's always a good party. Yeah. It's nice to have the whole basement to yourself. Yeah, anyone that comes down there, you got to sign the ceiling too. So, is this like some kind of meditation for you, maybe, or connection when you you had a long day? You go down there and you sit there you in know? the winter. I do. Yeah. yeah, like what's better than going down there? Like, turn on the fireplace, 
turn on the game mm. or music, bottle of wine or bottle of whatever whiskey you're into. Yep. And just have a good night. Mm-hmm. You, Always do that. You take them off the display and then have them in your hands and you you, you strike them too? No, you said, I don't. You said I you don't. don't play. But. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of them are autographs, so they just sit there. Okay. The ones from Rex, uh, those can be played. Yeah. There must be a moment where you just by yourself, though, and you take it down and you just you smack him. Uh, yeah, maybe the top string. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing else sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just play that one really fast. Yeah. Because they're all electric? Yeah. 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 I don't, it's not, there's not one single acoustic down there. Mm. There could be guys, guys use them for different things, but just never came, came across any. Yeah. Godsmack so- just put like eight of their acoustics up for sale, but it was not. Nobody wants those. No, it wasn't off of any albums that I like, so I didn't. I wasn't interested. Uh, so specific, right? Yeah. yeah. And I just. I I was at a phase where I was just wanting everything, mm-hmm. and then I calmed down. Yeah. And I was just got more specific. Yeah. With yeah, things. I do the same too. Mm. Yeah, you just get. It's like it's like you talk about you know work, the business, Top Chef, whatever you you get into, you just become kind of obsessed with it. Yeah. You know, and it's like I got to stop. <laughs> mm. yeah you have to find the balance in it yeah. yeah and then find which particular thing you like like when you look at an auction like what jumps out at you that you love always right or what band and say okay there's so much stuff out there i need to maybe just focus on one thing mm-hmm. so um and, you know i come from a family of collectors my dad was like it's kind of an odd thing to collect, but he collected milk bottles. Uh-huh, this yeah. is not that odd, but yeah, um, he that. was like the biggest dairy collector in Toronto. Wow. So like he went to a flea market one day and saw a milk bottle, which reminded of him when he was a kid. Cause he used gets pictured on his door. So he bought it for kicks. Then he bought another one and bought another one. And then he ended up buying every thing in Toronto. And our, our entire basement was milk bottles mm. filled up with like white shipping beads, you know? So it looked like milk. And uh, he ended up writing a book and won, won awards for the book, like total research on all the dairies in Toronto. So he'd wow. go out and take pictures of all the old buildings that aren't dairies anymore, but once were. And mm. um, he wrote a book, book called When Milk Came in Bottles. And, um, yeah, because now it's plastic bags. Yeah. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> but then he got into everything else too, right? The milk caps. And yeah. they used to sell picks that people would use to get you know the cap out of the bottle. Mm. And then... I don't know all the other types of memorabilia that goes with those things. Yeah, that's cool. That. Yeah, he was he was right into it. He kept um he kept a lot of the ones that are called uh, war bottles, like that were made during the wartime, and they would have like slogans on them and stuff, like rah rah, <laughs> yep. Canada and stuff. And I can believe that British uh, settings and things. Yeah. So those ones are the most valuable, and um, kept some of those, which is cool. But he ended up selling the whole collection. Wow. You know, uh, he sold it to. Oh, what's the dairy? In, well, Quartha Dairy. Mm. He sold it to the guy who owns Quartha Dairy. Okay. That makes kind of sense. And he has it on display there, I guess. Yeah. I haven't been. I should go up there. You got a good amount for it? Yeah, he was happy with it, you know. Um, And we used to go, uh, we used to go dig what we call digging. So we would go to uh, old dumps in Toronto, which yeah. were dumps like 1900s. Yeah. And uh, we would go digging and yeah. find bottles. Mm-hmm. So we used to do that a lot, which was like awesome. Even here, adventure. Even here, if you go in the bush and you work on your firewood, yep, and you uh, you fell a tree and you're in there in the spring and the earth is shifting, comes things come up. There's there's bottles out there. Yeah, right? it's amazing. Yeah. Tons of stuff out here. 
Yeah. So everyone just like threw everything in the bush. Everything used to be just thrown away at one point. Mm-hmm. And so there's tons of bottles because they just keep sitting there. How did, why did he let it go? Uh, oh, he just get, he just get, I don't know, you max out. It was completed. There's nothing, you get to a point where I kind of done it all. I even wrote the book. Yeah. You know, and then you, he moved. Uh, so you, it wasn't something he was going to set up again mm. in another basement. So that's why he, insane. He, he kept some of his favorites yeah. and that was it. Was the basement off limit then for you? No, no, it was all right. Mm. <laughs> but it's kind of funny how I, I see trouble there though. With yeah. All the bottles. Yeah. <laughs> like well, the, he had all we had down there was a couch, a fireplace, and a TV as well. Okay. So it's kind of the same thing, okay. except we all used to look at milk bottles. Yeah. <laughs> at, uh, yeah, there's lots of jokes from my friends when they come over too, and you're in high school, you know. <laughs> yeah. So I think my basement would be a lot cooler for uh, kids to look at, mm. even though no one's in the metal anymore. <laughs> yes, that's not true. A little bit, but not like it used to be. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. But big family of collectors, so. Uh, and then my mom collected uh, stamps, and uh, she had tons. And then she used to collect um, uh, black and white Scotch whiskey. You know the, the two dogs, one's white, one's black. You ever seen those figurines? Mm, maybe but she used to collect that. And she used to collect Royal Dalton, and um, then my sister, um, she collected. I can't remember what they're called. They're little bear figurines. So she was into that, and everyone everyone collected something. Mm. Yeah, I, my dad did. Uh, there's a certain manufacturer in Germany who um, builds little model trains, and he collected trains and then the cars that are like mm. tiny, but they're like 100% correct. Oh, but they're like, you know, 162 scale or whatever. Yeah. 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 And I, I always wanted to play with them. But he wouldn't let you. Uh, he gave me them eventually some, yeah. but I, I loved playing crashing with them. <laughs> <laughs> Neil Young just sold his whole collection of. Uh, of um, his train sets, his Lionel train sets. He had massive ones. Mm. It's like sets. Who's uh, the guy that did Star Wars? The director? Lucas Spielberg? George Lucas came here for a model train convention like oh, yeah? in the early 2000s. Wow. Well, yeah. Here? Like, yeah. In Thunder Bay? Yeah. Okay. It was like under wraps, though. Like, I bet, yeah. Mm. yeah. Before he sold all it. The, all the nerds would come up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Wow. Collecting yeah. is good. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, like you said, it gets to a point, though, where you got to narrow it down because mm-hmm. it gets out of control. Mm. Like, I've been starting to just kind of get rid of some of the stuff because, like, Burray played on three different teams, so I just narrowed it to just Canucks, like the first team, and that's what I grew up watching. So when he played in all these other teams, I used to have all these cards, like hundreds of cards from the Rangers in Florida, so I just started selling off all that. Mm. Don't need them. Okay. It's good. Yeah, yeah people collect certain areas, like especially the Kiss is one of the most collected band out there because they have so much stuff. And a lot of guys just collect the stuff from the early years, mm. the the coin years, and um, because you just there's so much of it. Was there a big issue with Kiss, like to identify yourself with that band because they were all dressed weirdly and then they had makeup on? Was it a thing that like I heard some other people said they were not strongly like they liked the music and everything, but they didn't tell everybody, "Hey, I like Kiss." Yeah, probably in the early days, but they they had such an insane following mm. from what they did. Yeah, amazing, and it's like a show the whole family can go see. Like, mm. there's actually no like bad lyrics or anything. You know, it's like a good. There's some. Show. There's some. There. There is some. You know, some bad lyrics, but you might not catch it all the yeah. time. <laughs> no all out swear words though. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. yeah. 
but um, no, they certainly influenced a lot of people. By the time I got into them, they weren't wearing makeup, and I actually liked the the album that came out in the nineties, Revenge. Mm. And um, I just got into the old stuff from there. Okay, you know, but then they went back to the makeup. Yeah, and I've ended up seeing them like tons of times now. It's such a good time Mm. going to see them. It's a big show. Oh yeah, yeah. So you also went to the uh, Great Wall of China. Yeah, yeah. And you did. uh, Did you guys go together there by any chance? I got. I went separate, but you guys after uh, a trip to Asia. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've been twice. Um, I've done two ten-kilometer hikes on the Great Wall. Mm. It's awesome. How come that's interesting for you? Oh, that that wall is just unbelievable. I always had to say, well, I just, there's a lot of the, you know, um, what do you call them? The things of the world. Um, the seven wonders, wonders of the, the world, world, like man-made ones. like yeah. Pyramids. Pyramids and Great Wall were always huge on there. So and Machu Picchu. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I needed to, I just needed to see the wall. Okay. Just like I needed to see the pyramids, you know? Oh, you did go both? Yeah. Oh, okay. And Machu Picchu. So, oh, okay. it just... You know, you just get, I need to go to these places mm. and see it. So China's always been like a quick trip. You never spend a lot of time there. Yeah. Like I did twice and it was only for like three days each time. Mm. But, um, you know, I was there when the Beijing Olympics were on, which okay. was cool way back when. And then on our last trip when Damien was on, we went to Korea and Thailand and then we went over to China afterwards. Nice. That's good. So was, yeah. Doing a hike there is unbelievable. Yeah. It was so nice. You went back. Yeah, is it? A, is there a certain feeling when you're on that wall? It's so. It's yeah. Like there's there's not a lot of people out there, mm. you know, because you don't go to the the touristy spot like the. Uh, okay. I think it's called Battling. That's the touristy rebuilt kind of area. Mm. We always go to the like the the old rundown areas, never been restored, and there's nobody there. Mm. So yeah, you can see for miles, and it's just constant amazement that this thing was actually built. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I talked to you about this, but like when the laborers they would die yeah they would just put them inside the wall and just keep building mm-hmm. yeah. well it's unbelievable to think what was going on there <laughs> and then you're looking at the wall and you see all these carvings in there and you just you just picture like what was going on mm. but man like just the, the scale of that thing yeah and at that time yeah like it's all yeah. flock and up yeah. up hills and like just the labor mm. what do you think about the pyramids oh it's amazing did you go inside uh, no, the big ones you can't go inside. Not anymore, right? No, you can you can get up there. I actually got to go to them twice in the, on the same trip, the Great Pyramids, um, because my luggage didn't show up, so I didn't have a camera. Mm. So I actually went up twice, and um, yeah, super cool. Okay, like you can't climb them or anything like that, but you can walk all around them. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and um, I stayed at the hotel right next to the pyramids, so that was cool. Mm. So you're just you always on a camel. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool picture with them in the background and stuff, and awesome place. And then I did the trip down the Nile and went to all the different other places. It's beautiful. Yeah, so I, I, I was that was that was my number one was to get there. I can see that. It's and for then, me too. Like pyramids, it's like yeah. And it was soon after that that there was that uprising there. Mm. But I think it's all cool now. Yeah. And then uh, Machu Picchu was a big one too. I wanted to do that, and um, Susie surprised me with a trip there. And um, that was killer. We did a one-day hike in. Mm. You can do all sorts. You can do whatever you want for length of time. And, um, yeah, highly recommended. Where's that? In Peru. Oh, the one on the mountains. Yeah. yeah. It's okay. amazing. Mm-hmm. I heard, I've seen pictures. They really limit the amount of people going in there now. Okay. Because, uh, you know, they don't want it to be messed up. Yeah. Are you into waterfalls too? 
Yeah, you know, I'm always working on the weekend when he hikes, though. Mm. You know, I'd go, but yeah, you need a guide. <laughs> yeah, I gotta work though on Saturdays. Yeah, I try to entice him that there's like fish at the bottom of the falls, but it's still not good. If he would include lunch, I might go. Mm. You know, there but, you go. Yeah, but he never says looking for a chef though. Oh. It's, it's <laughs> but you cater food. How about you? buying for a chef? That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, good. Okay, I got one more topic here before we wrap this up. The um, you, yeah, I was also saying 2019 uh, business award. What, what did it say? It said business person of the year. Yeah. <laughs> so what is that? Um, you know, it's it's a chamber of commerce award. That was our ah, okay. fourth one. Um, that one, that particular one. I mean, um, depends who you're going up against. You just you just set out your game plan for what what you've done and what you're going to do, and um, yeah, you're I, judged on the package that you submit. Mm. And I guess uh, you know that year I was uh, lucky enough to win that one. That sounds like you're underselling yourself a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the chamber is always a great event. You know, in 2009 we best new business, 2012 best service. 2013 best small business and then 2019 was the business person one so yeah. it was always cool that's a big one yeah it was a big one mm-hmm. and uh it was an awesome night they're all they're all, the chamber events are always great yeah i talked a little bit about that with nathan lawrence yeah yeah in, in the last episode mm-hmm. he, he walked me through how this all works with the application package and mm. you fill that out how do you feel about you had to write one about yourself too, right? I've written the, I've written it for each one. Yeah. Mm. How do you feel about bragging about yourself? Um, I I don't mind it because I think that you need to. It's just like anything else. You're just selling yourself on it, mm. you know. And if you're into it, I don't. Doesn't bother me. I like that you can stand up for what you do and just write down. This is what I'm doing, and this is actually what I'm doing. Yeah, like I it just go through what I'm doing, and like I don't really. No, to me, I don't see anything wrong with it. If you feel good, if you're, yeah. If you're proud of what you're doing, yeah. and like you, you started a business, and it's going, and you know, not to mention it's in food, which is difficult. Um, you should be happy. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. So I've, I've never. Some people don't think that they, you know, have to write this or write that, but never bothered me. Mm. I took it as a challenge, really. Okay. To make it concise to the point and make someone go, "Wow." Yeah. How many pages? Um, I follow the rules, so okay. it's in the beginning. I think you could write as much as you want, but they scaled that back. And <laughs> I think it's I I can't remember, but nothing huge anymore, which is nice because mm. you always get worried that you know someone's putting together a PowerPoint project or something. But yeah, um, but yeah, I think it's like I don't know, a thousand words for each section or something. That's not too bad. No, it's okay. But but what you need to do is be concise and get to the point, and mm. you know, and say. This is what I'm doing. This is what we're doing. Yeah, and this is what I'm doing. Yeah. I like that. When you were there that night, you didn't know you were going to win this, right? No. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, were you anticipating something? or were you- I was. Well, it, you know, I, I find every year I go, I'm so nervous that I just keep, I keep drinking red wine yeah. and by if i'm lucky enough to win at the times i've been up there like i i have a speech or whatever but you know i just always been so drunk <laughs> by the time <laughs> i get up there so this year i'm like i'm not drinking in case i'm lucky enough to win okay i'm not i'm not gonna have a single drink wow and um i finally i broke down i had one glass just before mm. just to to settle myself but Whiskey? no just just red wine okay you know and um uh, but I didn't want to be stum- like stumbling on words or anything. And I still felt like after a speech that wasn't that great, but mm. I was told it was okay. But. Is it recorded? 
Oh yeah, that's all right. Yeah. And some people always said, "No, it was great. He seemed really normal and comfortable up there." I'm like, "Okay, well, that's good." Okay, Damien from a neutral position. How was the speech? He wasn't there. I wasn't there. No, oh, you didn't see the tape. <laughs> no, no. I wish I did though. I'll try to find something wrong with it. I wish they would like. Um, they put this out there. Like, yeah. Why don't we get this? They're probably on YouTube. Well, no, they, they were doing it. They were doing it live and. Uh, I think if you went on the, the their page, you could watch them and okay, stuff for sure. Yeah, because I think it's really neat to see it. Yeah, I'm sure if you go on the chamber's Facebook page or website, you can look them up or something like that. Okay, um, but no, it's they're they're always great events. I, and that was a year. Usually, I get like a table for work at those ones too. And like, I think I was more feeling more confident the, on the first three, so I had a table. But this last one, it was I didn't buy a table. Okay. And it was just a two, and I don't know, just keeping it low key. Mm-hmm. And then I was fortunate enough to. To get that one, which was cool. Yeah. You know? What was your first thought when the name dropped? Oh, man. I was like, I'd, I hope the speech goes well. <laughs> <laughs> one more zip. Yeah. So, no, I, it was it was okay. Okay. And um, it was a good night. I was super happy we won. Did you have a speech prepared? Uh, just a couple words, really. So, I just kind of ad-libbed a little bit and everything. Yeah. Okay. And um, I can't really remember what I said, but... That's fine. Yeah. Nothing super long or go on forever make sure i thank the right people and thank the chamber and mm. said what we're doing and that's about it how does it feel to get that recognition for you that's great awesome it's it's that the chamber one is always that one that comes around every year and you look at it you know and you're kind of like that'd be cool to win that you know mm. and um when we got the the new business one in 2009 i i really wanted that one back then wow. because there was only like a three-year window that you could get it or something mm-hmm. like that and um i wanted to get it because it was kind of like starting off on the right foot that's 10 years eh uh yeah, yeah. uh 2009 2019 so it's 11 years oh 11 years. yeah yeah so yeah and that, and that was cool you know and then to think oh yeah that i that we got that and then you know 10 years later you get kind of like the big one there mm. that's that's cool yeah you know and who would have thought so I was always, always appreciated the Chamber Awards and that they do that, you know, and um, I was lucky enough to get them all too. So mm-hmm. I'm happy. I wish I took more pictures of the rentals we've done at work and stuff. Maybe I could get looking good, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what's next? Um, Finding some work. <laughs> mm it's like i have a, such an empty calendar uh with bookings and everything we have a couple of weddings coming up a couple events mm. we're doing takeout again and um we're gonna roll with that fridays and saturdays good and that'll be fun and i'm sure it'll you know things will be coming back to normal and stuff I think so too yeah um and i'm not complaining i've enjoyed the the the, the summer and everything it was pretty cool it's a one in a it life never time. happened before no i told lisa my wife i told her like i've been at home my second one was just born in uh late december yeah and i've been home like more than i would have ever spent time with him ever. yeah that's awesome you know i would have, I would have never been there yeah so different than with the first one so yeah you can i think it's good to put a perspective on the good things even though there's a lot of bad things out there too yeah it's kind of it it changed me a bit from the the working you know idea of what i want to do and you know in the future too so you know just kind of forced you into it Mm -hmm. you know the the grind every single day you know seven days a week food doing it all the time like you know it's a lot yeah so it's kind of nice to take it a bit easy too so yeah and do your own thing but 
Not not next summer because it's fully booked. Let me tell you, <laughs> double bookings. Well, everyone everyone had to you know push it a year later. So most people did, right? They, most people did. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, the people that were supposed to be this year will cater for them next year. Mm. And um, yeah, so it'll be packed. That's good though. Oh yeah, it'll be awesome. Yeah, and next summer we'll just fly by. Boom. It will fly by, but the thing is, that we like doing it. So you know, I'm just happy that we get have a job that we get to work outside, and I'm not stuck in a a sweaty little kitchen in a basement, Beautiful. you know, like that's just like a dream come true right there. Mm-hmm. And then just have a good time with people we work with and the people at the event and, yeah. you know, granted Stepstone, it's all, it's all good, fun stuff. So yes. Yeah. yeah. It seems like you have a really good team. Yeah. Everyone's awesome. You know, everyone's been there for a long time too. Susie's been there since, um, I don't know, 2010, maybe even 2009 mm. and Sean, our catering coordinator, she's been there for must be six, seven years now. And everyone else has been there for years, yeah. you know, part-time. That's perfect. Yeah. It's very nice. That's always a good sign. Yep. So Damien's there all the time too. Damien, so yeah. He's yeah. looking for stuff all the time. Working part-time. Yeah. Sometimes I help the deliveries. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. He sits in the passenger seat and eats results of thoughts. <laughs> Yeah, a little light on uh, the risotto balls this week. Yeah. Hey, every time he comes in, if we're making them, he always asks if they're counted or not. Yeah. And are they counted? <laughs> yes, they're yeah. counted. Yeah. Yeah. Do you give yourself, how much slack do you give yourself percentage wise? <laughs> like if you say. The Damien factor? <laughs> <laughs> That's not my question. <laughs> um, oh, there's always extra of everything, like you know. Do you do 5%? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. For sure. Like when we do hors d'oeuvres, like we end up always giving like some extras anyway, you know? Mm. So, um, cause we always, you go to the event, you know, here's a couple to try before your guests come. Right. Oh, okay. It's all good. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> Unless I'm there before it goes out. Yeah. <laughs> Except for soda balls. There's like a lack of those ones. <laughs> always yeah. short. Yeah. You just hope they don't count them. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Uh, well, you have, we have to thank Damien actually for this show that it happened and you as well, Dave. I appreciate my pleasure. It. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you coming on on such a short notice because you like not even 24 hours ago. I, <laughs> uh, we, we tried to organize this and yeah. I, I really appreciate you. Coming no, it was fun. I hope I can do the, the other one. Yes. Yeah. I can send you a date and we book you in. All right. Yeah. Book Perfect. Damien won't be there for this one. No, for that really? one. It's like, maybe you guys usually don't come in a team if if i if i need a driver i might call him but okay i might call vince who knows what'll happen yeah that's gonna be tough because i got logan then here too and then i i opted out to only get three microphones <laughs> i could run one more but i was just like no that's it maybe he can just take some pictures or something i think that's a good idea or get us some food or whatever yeah 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 it's good <laughs> um thank you so much for being on the show i have um absolutely love what you're doing and the like the stories of your success where it's coming together that you do something that you believe in and you put yourself out there as you are i really have huge respect for that well thank you appreciate it it was it was a lot of fun glad to be here okay cool damien anything you want to say uh <laughs> no no <I'm> thank god <laughs> <laughs> okay cheers everybody cheers. thanks